Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 6 Sun Sports Radio, 6 and the Odyssey app. My name is Karenson Harrison. Very happy to be here with you, taking you up until 6 o'clock. Rob Brinton is here as well. So today, we have made the decision to not do the usual pizza giveaway to start the show. We are not going to do that for the remainder of the week. We will pick that back up on Tuesday when we are back from President's Day. So you don't have to call in right now. We are not going to do our usual spiel at the very beginning of the show. That is a decision that we have made as a show and as a station. Pete Tassio is cool with it. I'm cool with it. Rob is cool with it. So you guys are going to have to be cool with it as well. Coming up in just a bit, we will head to Children's Mercy. They have another press conference about the shooting yesterday that took place around Union Station. We will play that for you in its entirety here coming up whenever it starts. I do not know when it is going to start. They said that it would start at 2 o'clock, but you guys know how these press conferences can be. So the moment that we have it, Rob is going to give me the thumbs up, and we will play it in its entirety. And any newsworthy press conference that happens today, we will also carry that live today. So whether that is Truman Medical, University Medical, Children's Mercy, the mayor of Kansas City, the chief of police, any relevant press conference we will play in its entirety today. I think it is very important to keep you guys updated on what is going on regarding the incident following the parade yesterday. So I think this is how I would like to start the show today. And we can open up the phone lines and we can take calls because this is a conversation to me that involves our community and where we live. I've seen this sentiment from a lot of people, even people that I'm very close to have had this sentiment that said, if and when the Chiefs win another Super Bowl, because I imagine that we will be in this place again, just with Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback and feeling like he is going to be their quarterback for another 12 years or so, the Chiefs will probably be in a position to have another parade. And the conversation then started to turn to, well, what do you do for the next parade? Are we going to have another downtown parade? And the conversation then shifted to that they should do it at Arrowhead and make it a ticketed event. You go through the metal detectors. You get wanded, frisk. I haven't been to a Chiefs game in a while, but I imagine all of those things are happening. I'm strongly against that idea. I'm strongly against that idea for a couple of reasons. 
I believe the purpose of a championship parade is as much about them as it is about us. Sure, one part of the parade is the fact that the 53 guys on that football field, they did something that very few people in this life ever get a chance to accomplish. They can call themselves a champion. You won the most important game in your sport. You did it. You made it. You are a representation of us. You did so on the biggest scale. So we want to throw you this party. That is certainly part of it. You don't have the parade without the championship. So that's incredibly important in this. It is about them, too. It's about celebrating Patrick Mahomes, celebrating Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, and every single person up on that stage that had something to do with what they accomplished Sunday night in Las Vegas. And I think that is incredibly important to do. But I also believe that the purpose of the parade is also about us. It is about celebrating our community and togetherness. And I understand what happened yesterday, but let's not let that be the only thing that happened yesterday. Rob, you were out there. I was out there. And you saw how happy people were yesterday. And they're going around and they're throwing the football and they're high-fiving people. And outside my apartment, somebody had a giant boombox and they're playing Taylor Swift. And everybody knows the word to Taylor Swift and everybody is happy. It is a celebration of togetherness. It is a celebration of our community is what yesterday is. And I refuse to let the actions of a very, very small percentage of people that were out there yesterday for the party, for the celebration, for the community aspect, for celebrating where we live, now define celebrations and community events moving forward. I refuse to let that happen. And the unfortunate part about this idea that I think is one of the biggest reasons to push back on a notion of, well, the next time this happens, let's just do it at Arrowhead. You know what will happen if they move the parade to Arrowhead? It will become an event for the elites. If you want to make the next celebration at Arrowhead a ticketed event, the only people that will be at the event are season ticket holders, people that bought scalp tickets, media people, or people in the know. And the average Joe fan that used to be able to go to the 800,000-person party now is trying to get seats to the 80,000-people party, I am telling you, you will not be able to afford to go. And that's not what the parade is supposed to be about. The parade is not supposed to be about supply and demand and who do you know and I bought this ticket off. No, that's not what it's supposed to be about. You should be able to come. It doesn't matter if you live in the city or you used to live in the city and now you drive in or you're from Omaha and you're a big Chiefs fan and you want to drive down. It is a celebration of us and where we live and that you get a chance to be a part of this very, very special community. And moving the parade to Arrowhead or taking the parade away where the next time they get one, we won't have a parade penalizes all of us. And it lets the actions of a very, very small percentage of people win and define who we are. Even in the face of everything that happened yesterday, we still see togetherness. Yo, can you imagine tackling a shooter that happened yesterday? One of the people allegedly, clear myself here legally one of the people allegedly who was out there shooting strangers tackled him just in the heart of it in the face of it just 
went up. Bobby Boucher, Lawrence Taylor pounced on him. Julius Peppers tackled him. That's not a sense of community and togetherness. Those are things that we should be celebrating today. You have seen the kindness of absolute strangers in the heart of a community that we all feel very strongly about, that we're all very passionate about, a place that we love. I just refuse to let the actions of these people define us as a group of people that live here and care about this place. I think moving the parade to Arrowhead is one of the worst ideas that I've heard. And I understand the sentiment of where it comes from. It is a safe, secure place. Everybody that can go there, you know, you can wand everybody, you can check everybody. I get where the sentiment comes from, but that's not what the celebration is supposed to be, and that's not what the parade is supposed to be about. The parade is about everybody, and it's about you having the ability. It doesn't matter if you are Clark Hunt and you are a billionaire, or it doesn't matter if you got laid off your job two weeks ago and you're struggling to make ends meet. You all can go to the parade. And you can bring your kids and your family and celebrate and have a good day and create lifelong memories for everybody in your family. That's what the parade should be about. It shouldn't be about a ticketed event and it shouldn't be about any of those things, Rob. So as we wait for the Children's Mercy press conference, which was scheduled at two, but we'll wait to see when that happens. I want to start today's show with that. I am adamantly opposed to moving the parade or a celebration from exactly where it is. And as unfortunate as this sounds, gun violence in this country is as prominent as our love for football. And if we are now in the business of eliminating things because of the threat of gun violence, I don't know what you can do in this country because we have seen acts of gun violence at almost every intersection of American society. You wouldn't go to church. You wouldn't go to the grocery store. You wouldn't go to a sporting event. You wouldn't go to anything if that was the fear here. And I understand if people don't want to go to the next parade or don't want to be in large crowds because of what happened, that is certainly your choice and your right. And I completely understand your decision to not want to be out there because of this. I am not condemning that decision at all. That is your personal choice to make. But I think that should be the choice of all of us. And I certainly hope the next time that we have a championship parade, whether it be the Royals, whether it be the Kansas City Chiefs, I hope that we all get the opportunity to go back out there and not only celebrate the team for what they accomplished, but also celebrate this incredible place that we live. I can't agree with you anymore on any topic, maybe ever. Yesterday was an absolute tragedy. It was one of the saddest days in our community. But we should not be stealing the joy that a lot of people get to experience at the parades by moving it to potentially anywhere else, including but not limited to Arrowhead. Kansas City has had, what, three, parade, th- three parades and the NFL draft go, out, go off without problem. And those three parades, the Royals and the two previous Chiefs ones, combined with the NFL draft, have left Kansas City with lasting memories that they will have forever. Children got to see... Even if it was just B.J. Thompson get picked, it was a cool moment for kids. They saw Dayton Moore and David Glass drive down Grand Street with a super with a World Series trophy. They saw Patrick Mahomes high-fiving fans. Those moments don't exist for everyone, and that's why I would say we have to keep these for everyone. Let's go to Stephanie Meyer. She is the chief nursing officer at Children's Mercy Hospital. All of which you will recover from the injuries they had yesterday. 
I think it's important that we talk about the tragedies and the lasting impact they're going to have on the mental health of not only the community, but all of our kids. For those that were injured, those that witnessed it, whether they were present at the rally and parade or whether they watched it on TV, and especially for all of our first responders and all of our healthcare workers who were down there responding, whether in the event itself or afterward to the tragedy as they came. We had teams located at Adele Hall, and they were executed flawlessly. I want to thank each and every one of them from the bottom of my heart for doing what they do best and bringing our A game. It's their commitment to the community, to the kids, and to every single one of us that makes this an amazing place to be, Children's Mercy and Kansas City. I want to make sure that the teams that were on site understand that the way those kids came to us, triaged beautifully, packaged, allowed us to treat every single one of them in a manner that nobody else can do. The tragedy in this community was met with strength, compassion, and absolute preparedness, and I could never have been more proud. Thank you guys for being here, and I'd like to introduce Dr. Stephanie Burris, who is our Chief Wellbeing Officer for our Center for Wellbeing. Right now, we're listening to the press conference for Children's Mercy Hospital. Hi, y'all. Thanks, everybody, for having me today. Uh, in the aftermath of yesterday, we know that our community is struggling, our kids are struggling, as is our healthcare workforce. No celebration should be ended in a violent act. As you may know, our healthcare workforce has been tr struggling for quite some time. COVID just brought all that to light. And so events like yesterday really bring home that we need to support our healthcare workforce. And that is part of my role and my team's role in the Center for Wellbeing is making sure all of those first responders and all those amazing healthcare workers that responded yesterday with grace and dignity and to their best of their ability and their training. We are all grieving as you are. Many of our staff have young children and they were concerned about where they were at and couldn't locate them. Yet they showed up and they, take, they took care of the kids in the best way they knew how. Now our role is to support them. We are all grieving and will grieve in different ways. Some are heartbroken today, some will be heartbroken next week, some will be in a month. And we have resources here to help them, and that's what makes Children's Mercy so magical, is that we have those resources. We have our team on site offering in-person and virtual one-to-one -one support sessions. We have our wonderful facility dogs that we are blessed to have that are here providing staff support and comfort, as well as many other resources available. Now I want to introduce Dr. Shayla Sullivan, who is a child and adolescent uh, psychologist or psychiatrist here at Children's Mercy in our developmental and behavioral. Right now we're listening to the press conference at Children's Mercy. Thank you all for being here. Um, I'm here really to help provide some guidance on how to talk to your children through this senseless tragedy. And I want to just acknowledge that I don't have any magic. I don't have any magical words. I struggled with this conversation with my own children last night. All of us are tired of having this conversation. So I want to encourage you to do what you can. And one of those most important pieces is to be present. We are all very busy and we are all really struck by this awful tragedy like so many other communities across the nation have experienced. 
We need to turn off our media at times. We need to set our phones down and we need to be there for our kids. We need to listen first. Your natural tendency may be to talk because that's what mine is. But really listening to our kids and what their fears are, what their questions are, and making sure we understand what they know before jumping in and sharing more information with them. This is hard, so please do take care of yourselves in this process, and please don't hesitate to reach out for help. Um, on our website, we have some guidance for parents, so I encourage you to look at that. But what one big message I would have is to seek help if you think you might need it, as opposed to waiting, because we never want to wait. All of the resources that we've talked about are available on our website for those of you who are watching and is, are available for our team as well. I wanted to thank our entire community and all of you for the outpouring of love and support that we've received. Um, it makes it one of the amazing reasons that we work here and I could not be more thankful. So we're happy to take some questions if you have any. How extraordinary is it to have so many young patients, young gunshot victims coming all at once? I, I pause, extraordinary, I'm not sure I would use the word, but I think the question is well placed. It's um, something we prepare for, honestly, all the time, uh, whether that's through simulation, whether that's through training, and when we knew they were coming, we mobilize in a way that you think you're only going to have to practice for. And so when they came, we were ready with multiple teams standing, waiting to do what we needed to do and to focus on their physical health first. Um, and then, of course, that's just a first step. The next step is now the mental health pieces that will come after. Stephanie, can you help us clarify the extent of the injuries of some of the children? And then earlier today, Gordon said the youngest group, eight years old, we're hearing sticks. Mm -hmm. That six-year-old that was wounded by gunfire or just injured in the melee? So what I can tell you is just the nine gunshot wounds. The other ones were what we would call incidental injury. Um, and I would tell you that they were from ages six up. Uh, and the six-year-old, I cannot comment on which injury they had. You mentioned uh, the struggling workforce in the past. Can you speak to if that played a role at all in what happened? I know obviously you said that the teams were ready and they mobilized and they were active, but could it have been improved if you know there were more medical staff on hand, or can you just comment about the struggling workforce in general at your hospital? Sure, I'll have Steph comment on that and I can add to that. Thank you. I don't think that our first responders and those that took care of any of the patients in the hospital could have done any better. As Stephanie said, we are were armed and ready to go, and they did what needed to be done. When I say struggling, they're struggling just like you and are, and unbelievably um, heartbroken that this happened in our backyard. And we all train for this. We're all prepared to take care of these children, but it doesn't negate the fact that it's still not normal for people to see many, many people wounded by gunshots. And so they are really struggling emotionally, not struggling showing up for the kids. They did their job to the fullest. Now we're here to support their uh, mental and emotional well-being going forward. I think a lot of us were shocked when we heard that nine children were shot yesterday and we're probably feeling relieved today that so many children have been discharged. The three who are remaining, can you just describe maybe what additional challenges they may be having? I can just
just tell you that the three that are remaining, we expect a full recovery. Um, I can't give any more detail than that out of respect for their families, um, but they are stabilized. They're doing well, and um, I think prayers and hope for them is exactly what they need. And Stephanie, one more back to the mental health element of all this. The incident is over, but the lingering effects will be mm -hmm. for a while. We're hearing that a lot of kids called in out of school today. Uh, do you expect to see that? What are the lingering effects that you're worried about? So we're extremely worried. Um, this is coming on the heels of a pandemic where rates of anxiety and depression doubled for young people. We have a mental health campaign that we've already been working on to expand our breadth so we can reach more kids. And now we have more kids that have experienced trauma. So yes, we're anticipating a huge increase in need in our community and we're actively working on how to respond to it effectively. But it's it's a big task. Stephanie, since there's last question for the families here, what can you tell us about what they've been telling you, what they've been feeling, seeing their kids in a situation that, frankly, no parents should ever have to see their children. Right. Um, the comments that we've received so far of thanks from them at this point, I want to go back to a comment I made last night and how they feel and how we responded. They're, they're fearful. They're scared. And what they need from us in the community is support and reassurance that the first step that we can give them is back to physical health. And the next step that we'll offer is back to mental health. And how do we work to make that child and their family whole again? Several Chiefs players mentioned So the Chiefs players have been extremely supportive, as well as the Chiefs organization. They have reached out to us, and we're managing that accordingly. Um, we want to make sure that we're focusing on our patients and our kids and families first, then our staff, and then we will have them help with that. Okay, thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. The audio that you just heard was courtesy of WDAF Fox 4. That was the press conference down at Children's Mercy. On the screen, they had nine children were shot yesterday. Three of them remain in the hospital, but the expectation is that they are going to make a full recovery. So that is the update from Children's Mercy. If there is another press conference today, we will play it in its entirety. I think it is important to cover the news aspect of everything that happened yesterday. We will play any additional press conference, but we just had the one from Children's Mercy. You know, I don't know who Stephanie Meyer is, but she's a hero. She was incredible during that press conference. Two thumbs up to her. I didn't know who she was before this, but she has a fan in me. I'm telling her, I, let's write her a letter and tell her she was incredible during the press conference. Salute to uh, Stephanie Meyer. If you know Stephanie Meyer, tell her Carrington and Rob from The Drive commend her for how she handled the press conference. I know we have to take a break, Rob. It is very, very jarring to hear the head of a children's hospital say that they prepare for incidents of gun violence with children and that they have a protocol in place for when they get numerous victims in at one time. That is a very jarring thing to hear the head of a children's hospital to say that audio you just heard was courtesy uh, of Fox four. That was the press conference from children's mercy. I want to read to you guys a couple of texts and we will is we got Pete coming on now or later. Okay. In five minutes, I want to read you guys this text that we have. CDOT, do you think it would be realistic to try to block everything off and have several entrances through Crown Center, through hotels? It would have direct routes for fans to take. No tickets needed. They block off Westport, and they have body scanners there. What if we had an expanded version of that for the parade? This is maybe the uncomfortable truth of yesterday's event, 
I think it is impossible to secure that big of a location. Now, I am not a police officer. I do not work with the SWAT team, any of that. You know how big of a radius we're talking about trying to secure and get all of those people checked in through a single entrance? Rob, think about how difficult it is to get people in quickly at Arrowhead. And there's like how many entrances and ticket people do they have in that scenario? And we're talking about 70,000 people, 80,000 people. Can you imagine multiplying that times 10 or 11 and trying to get all of those people with the ticket, with the scan, cell phones don't work? I think it is impossible to secure that area, at least in the way that you were talking about, where everybody goes through something, you get a metal detector, you get wanded. I, I think it is impossible to do that, realistically. Impossible to do it. Someone said, well, CDOT, people take off their shoes at airports because someone had a shoe bomb. There are security changes during events. Yes, you are 100% correct. The amount of people that we're talking about, I don't think that some of these changes are realistic or feasible to do. It is unfortunate. I wish that we could guarantee that none of this would ever happen again at any event. Not a... Chiefs parade, not a plaza art fair, none of this. Like, there's no way to ensure that this will never happen again. We live in America. I know we didn't talk about it because we don't live there. This same thing happened in Denver, Colorado in June after the NBA celebration. Same shooting. The unfortunate truth of this is something of this magnitude will happen again. I'm not saying it will happen in Kansas City. I don't know when, but we live in America. And I can assure you that this will happen again at some point. And it is unfortunate. It is incredibly unfortunate, especially for a country that calls itself as great as America. But these incidents have happened way too frequently, happen way too often to think that yesterday was the end of it and think that there is some plan that they are going to be able to put together to keep all of us safe from gun violence. I can give you countless number of examples to tell you that that is just not the case. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. He was down at Union Station today for the championship parade. We'll get his stories next. Keep it right here, Sir Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Nick Bolton. Can I get a big old M-I-Z? You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Pete, how you doing, my man? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, obviously, a very uh, disturbing, interesting last 24 hours, but I'm I'm okay. Pete, I it, I didn't expect that I wouldn't have a chance to talk to you about the Super Bowl after this, and we'll certainly get to yesterday and the parade. But where would you rank being able to hang out with me in Vegas? on your list of things that you did over the last, like, 10 days or so? Where would you rank it? Because, I mean, I, I'm guessing Chiefs win one, me too? Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, just considering you're, like, a friend of a friend of a friend of Nick Wright. Like, Oh, I just, wow, I, that's uh, crazy. I, 
<laughs> I have to be number one. It has to be number one for me. So <laughs> right now we're talking to Pete Sweeney. Pete, just take us through. I'm not sure where you were in relation to the shooting and the yeah. rally and everything that happened. Just if you can take us through your day. Yeah. So, you know, just the way that the, the parade works from a, just a media standpoint, pulling the curtain back, we don't get a ton of access um, when it comes to one-on-one interviews, anything like that. No questions, that type of thing. And so, uh, as the Chiefs have won these titles, I, it's always been my strategy just to work it from the home office. There's just too many places to be. You know, they have a spot for us down there, but it's not like you gain any benefit. And and so I just was working, cranking away like the uh, last couple of parades. And I think it ended. I was getting all set to write my big rap of the parade speeches. Uh, I usually like to give an award to the guy who stole the show. That was going to be Chris Jones. Uh, and then obviously the coverage changed really rapidly. And um, as I was trying to update our site and try to, you know, amplify, because we have such a big reach, uh, all of the warnings and the child unification and all that type of stuff, I was texting uh, the friends uh, and colleagues uh, all that I, you know, have down there just to make sure that uh, that everyone was okay. It was a very, very surreal moment, certainly different than the first two parade coverage. It's just so sad that the the last memory that we'll have of this team, and I understand that next year, you know, they'll get their rings and that'll be a cool moment and they'll have the first game of the season again and hopefully they win this one. You know what? But, but, I mean, the last image is this team getting off the stage and us celebrating them as champions. And then, I mean, it couldn't have been five, ten minutes after that the shooting occurs. I mean, this season wasn't supposed to end this way. No, and, uh, you know, I, I think and the, the sports matter very little in this, but I, you know, I, I do think you, you, it crosses your mind like a parade of any championship, and Kelsey kind of said this leading into the Super Bowl, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. You get to experience a couple of times. Uh, you know, the amount of fans uh, that in any sport have gotten to celebrate a back-to-back celebration, it, it, it really is once-in-a-lifetime. I mean, you don't really get to do that. And... Uh, you're right, more so than what is going to be a very unique day in the, in the history of sports and the history of, of your Chiefs fandom uh, turned uh, sour, you know, really fast. And I, I don't think anyone will remember the day for what it should have been. Everyone is going to remember uh, where they were when they uh, found out that there was shots fired at Union Station. And, and certainly the non-sports, I think, forever will uh, overshadow the sports. And that's just the reality. I mean, I think that's, you know, part of the complexity of what happened is, I mean, this day started as, for some people, it was one of the happiest times that they had ever had. You know, their team had another championship parade back-to-back. Maybe you couldn't go to the last couple parades, or now your kids were old enough that you could take them down to the parade and having that sense of community and family and togetherness. And for it to end this way is just absolutely tragic. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's always... Um, good and terrible situations. I, I know that Trey Smith has had his, his story shared of, of communicating with a kid who was in fear, and I know that Sam McDowell, the star, brought up Andy Reid and, and comforting a you know child as well, and uh, it, it creates a lot of uh, complicated conversations that I think you have to have, and and it it, it it's terrible. I mean, I, you know, there's no other way to really uh, put it into words. It, it, it took away from uh, what was supposed to be a very joyous uh, another day celebrating the city, much like the NFL draft, that type of thing. And, it, you know, rather than it being uh, something where, you know, the city, city celebrated, it, it, you know, was one of the worst parts of the city.
city, not, not just Kansas City. It's, it's not Kansas City isolated. It, it really has become any kind of mass public gathering in America, and rather it being a special day for Kansas City, it really became just one of many of these situations that we see on a monthly slash weekly basis. Right now, we're talking to Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. We started the show with the, I guess, debate conversation. I don't know the correct term for it, though. Some people would like to move the championship celebration in the future to Arrowhead. I am firmly against this idea. I think the purpose of the parade is to celebrate community, and having it in the community is a major part of it. I also think, I mean, if you put this thing at Arrowhead and you make it a ticketed event, people will not be able to go. That the only people that will be there are season ticket holders, people that are in the know, or media members. And one of the things that I think makes the parade special is it is for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. You just come down and you can you can see them and you can wave at them and you can celebrate community and celebrate their accomplishment. I am firmly against them moving it from where it is. Where do you stand on this? Yeah, you just can't stop living. I mean, I... It's scary, right? Like I don't, I don't have kids, but I, know, you know, I have plenty of friends who do, and you know, I certainly understand uh, where they're coming from. But you know, you you start living in fear, you're not really like living anymore. And so I, I think you got to have parades. Uh, you know, I was happy that Quentin Lucas, when asked today about parades, is already planning the St. Patrick's Day parade. It's the only thing you can do. Um, you know, maybe security can find ways to be a little bit even tighter than it was for. Um, a, a parade with all the police presence and, and such like that. But I, yeah, I would be against that idea. The chiefs already have their private celebration, which is that ring ceremony. Uh, and, and I think the parade is for the fans and, you know, that this is the, that's the toughest part. It's, it's for the fans and really for the kids, you know, the kids to be close and to kind of see their heroes. And I, I just think you got to continue in, in pushing forward and, and, it, and safety really matters to you. You know, you get, and we don't have to get into this conversation, but you get into the politics uh, of it and you try to find ways um from a, uh, a a grand point to to vote in a certain direction to you know do things in a certain direction to try to try to change the course here. Um, like I said, not just a KC problem, uh, more so an American problem. And I you know I don't think I don't think you know going away from what you know it kind of has made us Americans and love sports is, is would be the right direction in a way uh, that lets the evil win. And I, I just can't I can't get behind that. No. That is Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. Pete, man. Normally, you know, we would have had a long conversation about the game and Kyle yeah. Shanahan's decision to take the ball first in overtime, and we will tell Vegas stories. We'll do that next week, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, be back on next week to talk about all that good stuff. Take care, Karen. Absolutely. That's my guy Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride joining us on the show today. Rob, there are a lot of Vegas stories that I can't wait to tell, stories I haven't even told you yet about. my. T- I was not in Vegas nearly as long as Pete Sweeney was, but – Oh, did we have a time? Uh, Aaron Light is going to be on the show coming up in about man, an hour or so. Are you looking forward to Aaron Light being on the show, Pete? I mean, I'm kind of, man, you know how Aaron is. I mean. That's a, that's a no. Go ahead. No, that's a no. It's okay. You can say it. Eh, we got Aaron Ladd on the show today. Eh. I mean, me and Ladd's army get along pretty good, so I got no beef with Aaron. Oh, I don't know if me and Leander, Ladd has an army, you think? I mean, it's wild to me that Ladd's army doesn't like the other Mizzou guy on this show, and they like me, the Jayhawk. It makes no I, sense, I but don't, that's I don't, how it works. I don't think any fan base likes me. 
now it really when I really think about it. I don't think Missouri fans like me. I don't think KU fans like me. Oh, I, you know, I think K-State fans might be on board. I think that might really, Chiefs fans don't like me. They think I cheer for the Chargers. I don't think I'm accepted by any fan base. The current. Oh, I don't got no smoke with the current. I think that I think that might be my tribe. The the current in the comments. I think those might be my people. I think that might be it. Aren't you what the one of the top three soccer voices in the city? Isn't that what you always say? I think I've actually moved up to two. No, I'm, I think I moved. Up I didn't to know two. we got re ranked yeah, recently. Think, I, I think I might be number two. I think it might be Nate Bucati one on soccer. Me two. Ali Trost is three. I think I passed her a couple of weeks ago. I don't really know what I did to pass her, but I just, it's a feeling that I have that now I have become the number two soccer expert in Kansas City. And by the time the World Cup gets here, I will be number one. Like, people are going to come in from around the country, and I'm like, hey, I want to know what Carrington thinks about who's going to win the World Cup, and I'm going to be very happy to answer that question for them. Um, let's read a couple of texts. Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, I would have the parade at Arrowhead. I charge $80 to get in. I charge 30 to park, and I promise you that would weed out a lot of this. Can we just take a breath for a little bit? Just, just a little bit. This is a bad idea. A really bad idea. What I saw yesterday were a lot of families, a lot of people celebrating togetherness. You do not have that at this cost. You don't. And that's what I want the parade to be about. I want the parade to be about us as a community and celebrating one another and coming together in unity. And I just refuse to let these people be a dividing factor in this and a determining one. No, I, this, that's a really, really bad idea. Like there are very few things that I'm just adamant pound the table on. This is one of those things. What happened yesterday was tragic incredibly unfortunate and should not happen. We all are on the same page about that. But the response to yesterday is not now, let's take away one of the best things that we have and make it only accessible to a small amount of people because that is exactly what would happen. Everybody can't go to Arrowhead. You put 75,000 people in there, you do not want to know what the ticket prices would be for a championship rally celebration parade that you go from 800,000 people being able to go to now 80,000. You do not want to know what the cost for that event will be. And it won't nearly as be as cool. I don't know about you guys. Maybe like a different day. I think I can pretty safely and firmly say that the Royals parade was the best day of my life. Like I feel... Like if I'd like sit here and like rank, oh, I did this this one day, or I did this this other day, or whatever it is, I feel very, very confident in saying that if I'm laying there on my deathbed and Rob's there to help caretake for me, and I'm like, well, Rob, what do I have tomorrow? And he's like, I don't think you have anything tomorrow except a meeting with the Lord. And he's like wiping my brow with a cold towel, just trying to calm me down on my deathbed because I'm about to go to the upper room. I think I would tell him that the Royals parade was the best day of my life. And I imagine many of you feel the exact same way. I probably still would have been able to go to the Royals parade. I mean, it worked in the media. People kind of knew who I was. Like, I, I feel kind of confident. 
I don't know if you would have went. And I don't even say that like to flex. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying is it shouldn't be that way. All of us had the opportunity to experience that day. All of us. That's how these parades should be. That's what they should be about. It should be about you convincing your cousin who lives in Texas to fly up here and come to the parade so you can see him and you guys can celebrate the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. That's what it should be about. I am just, I am firmly against it. I am all for most safety measures that happen. Some I just think are just unrealistic safety measures that I just don't think you can realistically implement for the next parade. You just can't secure the whole radius. Now, if you're telling me, hey, for the part down there right in front of Union Station, let's do the same thing that we did for the NFL draft, I'm certainly open to that possibility. But we all know that the parade and the celebration is much larger than what is happening directly in front of Union Station. I've never been over there by Union Station for any of the parades. I've still had a great time at the parades. Rob, have you been down there for Union Station? What I'm saying is, when you think about where the parade starts at, what, 4th and Grand? You know how far it is from 4th and Grand to Union Station? If you want, just walk. Just go down there and just take a stroll. Just take a walk. It is a long, you think you can safely secure that whole area where the buses go by and people are waving and celebrating and it, it, you can't. It is impossible to safely secure that amount of area. It, you can't. And I just, I refuse to let three to five people disrupt what, like, just an incredible civic moment. I, I refuse to let that happen. We got a break? Oh, I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was the end of the hour. My bad. I, you know what? My time was off this one. That's my fault. 100% my fault. I thought I thought we were going to the end of the hour. That's my bad. Uh, we'll come up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to the drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. 
back in on the drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. Coming up at the top of the hour, Rob, you said you have some audio you want to play for us. Go and tell us what that is. I, I haven't heard it, so I don't know what it is. Earlier today on First Things First, Nick Wright, Kansas's truest son, opened the show with his thoughts and his experience from the shooting yesterday at Union Station. So we'll play that clip in its entirety yesterday. Hold on. Nick Nick Wright, he gets the true son. He gets the he uh, he gets true son. True son. Come on now. I love Nick with all my heart. I talked to Nick yesterday. He gets the label of Kansas City's true son. What what did Nick do to get that? Was there a louder Chiefs voice in the media than Nick Wright? Okay. All right. Nick Wright got invited to the before the horrible tragedy unfolded. Nick Wright was invited to the players and celebrity section of the Chiefs parade yesterday. I didn't see Kyle Brandt in that section. Wow. I didn't see Peter Schrager in that section. That's crazy. They didn't come to Kansas City. You don't think that Peter Schrager could have been there? It, it hurts It hurts my heart that, that Nick gets that label. That's a, that's a label that very few human beings ever get. You get to be the true son? Okay. I mean, if that's what you want to call Nick, you know what? I'll accept that. I'll let you call Nick that. That's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. A lot of people want to have a debate that I just don't really want to have about my feelings toward this. I'm just going to guess that we just view these things very differently. You know what? I'm here to accept that that's perfectly fine. I mean, I don't know if it's fine, but it's, it has to be fine for today. Coming up at 3 o'clock, we'll play for you what Nick Wright had to say about yesterday and all the events of him being here. I didn't get a chance to talk to him yesterday, so I'm, I didn't get it. We didn't have a very long conversation, but uh, I am very, very excited to hear what Nick has to say about uh, everything that went down yesterday. Excited to hear what he has to say. Uh, we led the show today, if you guys missed it, we led the show today with a lot of people have sent this in and texted this in about the rally and how it should, the next rally, I think we all assume at some point the Chiefs will win another Super Bowl, how the rally should be at Arrowhead, and I am strongly opposed to that idea. I certainly understand the fear of what happened yesterday. I am well aware of the feel yesterday, and I feel the same way that you guys feel about this. It is our home. It is our community. It is where we live in a place that started as such a happy and celebratory time with families and people that are there with their mom, their dad, their brother, their kids, and you were down there having a good time, you're celebrating, and you are happy, and the next thing you know, absolute terror strikes. Like reading the story and, Rob, learning more about the woman that had passed away, the DJ, the Lisa Galvan, like learning more of her story. I never had the opportunity to meet her, but I know a lot of people in this business that do meet her and know her character and know who she were, and just to hear their stories and how sad they are about this, it's just incredibly heartbreaking, and this woman had nothing to do with it. She's just an innocent bystander there, just there to celebrate the moment, celebrate the occasion, celebrate the city. And the fact that that woman went to the parade and lost her life is absolutely heartbreaking, like those stories. And I feel for every single person who was affected by what happened. But I do not feel that the solution to yesterday is to take away the parade. I don't think that's it. I don't think it is to move it anywhere. I don't think the solution is to move it to Arrowhead. If they had a parade tomorrow, I, I would go to the parade. 
And I don't think it is now to stop these kinds of events. They're going to have the St. Patrick's Day Parade coming up in a bit. Now, I've only been to the St. Patrick's Day Parade one time. Not really my thing. But I highly encourage you to go. They're going to have the Plaza Art Fair. I've been down there. They're going to have the Plaza Lighting Ceremony. I highly encourage you to go. You guys know I want to turn on the lights at the Plaza Ceremony. Like We just have large outdoor gatherings in our city. And I don't know how you can make all of them perfectly secure. I don't know if that's realistic to think that you can do this. And what is uncomfortable about these conversations is there were as many cops as there could possibly be in an area yesterday, right? There might not have been a more secure place in the city. Patrick Mahomes is over there. Andy Reid is over there. Travis Kelsey is over there. Clark Hunt, Bill. There could not have been a more secure area in the entire city than where this happened yesterday and it still happened. And the unfortunate of, if you are not safe there, 100%, where are you safe? And I guess maybe just my belief of, we live in America. And I don't know if you are ever totally or fully safe in a majority of these places. Like, you might feel it, but I don't know if you are ever safe from someone bringing a gun and doing what happened yesterday. I just don't, I don't know if that's the case. And I don't have all the solutions to it, and I doubt that many people do. But other than to move forward and continue to live, I don't really know what else a civilian like me is expected to do. Certainly look around, be aware of your surroundings, and do all of those things, but live I just don't know what other advice to give in this scenario. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll play for you what Nick Wright had to say on his show, First Things First. Really excited to hear what Nick had to say about yesterday's events. We'll play that for you next. Keep it right here, Sir Drive. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back into The Drive on 6 Sports Radio, 6 and the Odyssey app. I want to play this audio. I have been unable to hear this, but Rob has heard it. I want to play it. Nick Wright, first things first, my brother, my mentor, you guys know all of those things. On his show, he talked about the incident that happened yesterday down at Union Station. Nick was here, and I want to play for you what he had to say. Do I have it, Rob, or do you have it? I have it. Okay, my my apologies here. Let me let me go ahead and get it queued up for you guys. My bad. That's on me. All right, here it goes. 
I'm going to tell you guys about the times my family first saw me cry because there's a chance you guys are going to see me cry for the first time. For Diora, my older daughter, it was December of 2012 in the lobby of her school when she was seven years old when I went to pick her up the day of Sandy Hook. And that day, of course, someone with a lightweight semi-automatic rifle shot around two dozen kids her age, and I saw her in that lobby, and I immediately started sobbing. It's the first time she ever saw me cry. Mm -hmm. My youngest daughter, Deanna, who's been on this show, who you, everyone here knows really well, first time she ever saw me cry was March of 2022 in our kitchen when I opened up Twitter and saw what had happened at Robb Elementary. And someone with a lightweight semi-automatic rifle shot around two dozen people that were her age. And I, and I sobbed and she was concerned. She didn't know. I didn't, I, I just like, it was so, and I'm not a big crier, nothing against it, but I, I sobbed. And yesterday, shortly after a few kids themselves with lightweight semi-automatic rifles shot around two dozen people, uh, my wife saw me cry in a way I haven't. And it wasn't when, uh, at the parade. It wasn't on the walk over. It was at the hotel. Once we had gotten to the safety of our room, we're at the elevator. And there was this little old lady who was on the phone fighting back tears, mm. wearing a chief shirt. And she saw me and knew us, knew the show, and came over and gave me a hug and started crying. Mm. And I still didn't cry yet. And then we talked. And she said she was there with her kids and grandkids. And her, I believe she said, 14-year-old granddaughter had to take the lead because she's been trained for this. And the adults hadn't. And I cried. And I cried because it's so god dog cruel what we've taken from this generation of kids that we all got. There, listen, yesterday, Wilds is right, we're lucky, but yesterday was also the single worst 10 seconds of my life. And it was not, it was not the, when we heard the gunshot and were told to get down, and it was not, it, the, ten, the, the part that is seared into my memory from a selfish perspective is the time between them telling us active shooter and me finding in the crowd ostensibly where the shooter was my wife my sister-in-law and her best friend because i you know th those that 10 seconds felt like it was five minutes mm. uh but that that is that is a such a different feeling than for these young kids who have now had to learn, drill, and experience what to do in a mass shooting situation before they lose their first tooth, yeah. before they have their first kiss. For those kids there yesterday, part of their childhood ended. And to your point, those are the kids that we consider lucky. Mm -hmm. The kids who didn't end up in hospital beds. And so I, I, I'm incredibly sad about this. And this is where I will pivot a bit. But I am furious. I'm furious because this is so clearly all our fault. 
and we have so clearly lost the plot so quickly. I understand now that at this point, talking about any type of regulations whatsoever on guns in America is verboten for some, but we, some of the strictest statewide gun regulations ever passed in this country were passed by Ronald Reagan. Right. And the, the assault weapons ban in the 90s was supported by Ronald Reagan, who is a paragon, uh, you know what I mean, for many on the conservative side of the aisle. I, we say when it comes to this particular topic, we turn ourselves into morons. We say ludicrous things like, why have laws? People break them. Like, we make these arguments of, well, if you pass a law, only criminals will break the law. As if, okay, well, then make selling meth legal because only meth dealers will break it. We, 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 we trick ourselves into good guy with a gun. There were 800 good guys there yesterday. How many of them did we shake hands with before that we saw? There were uniformed police. There were, there, there, you couldn't have had more good guys prepared, ready. And in an instant, there's nothing they can do right. until after the fact and mitigate the damage. And that's my home city. And the only thing that brings Kansas City together is the Chiefs. We are a divided city. We are a segregated city. We have, the Chiefs is the only thing that brings it together. And the moment is, is shattered. That was Nick Wright earlier today on First Things First. If you want to check out the comments in its entirety, I saw it was around seven minutes, so not much shorter than what we have played there for you guys. I have purposely tried to stay out of the gun conversation. I told Spectre what my take was for the day, and he said, don't talk about that, so I will respect my boss's wishes. I think you guys have listened to this show enough to know my feeling on guns, and I don't fool with them. I don't like being around them. I do not own one. I try to stay away from people that have them on them. I am not saying that is not your right or your decision. I just don't fool with them. I was in college, and one of my very close friends, he was an avid hunter, and he brought me to his house. And I had never fired a gun before. I've never fired one since. And we were shooting different guns, like rifles and some other stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of fun. And Rob, he handed me a shotgun and pointed at a tree. And I shot at the tree. Because earlier I was like shooting like little random like dolls and little targets and stuff. So I don't know why it just didn't really register to me like the damage that I was doing. And he pointed at a tree and told me to shoot the tree. And I shot the tree and I saw what that gun did to that tree. I didn't shoot anymore for the rest of the day. I was like, yo, people use this on other people? He was like, yeah. I was like, I no, no thanks. I don't want no, Please keep this away from me. That is the choice that I've made for myself. So I'm not telling any of you how to feel about guns or what you should do with them. That is your choice. But I just I made that decision for me when I was 19 years old that I don't want to be around them. Please keep them away from me. Very passionate statements from Nick Wright. That's my brother, so I support him. And I mean, I I understand how what happened yesterday is more real to you because you were there, because you know someone was there. 
because this was an incident that hit extremely close to home and happened in your home. I understand all of those things. But the incident yesterday at Union Station, as much as we don't want to admit it, it is part of Kansas City. It is also part of living in America. And I think the part that is the most frustrating about it is, number one, we have failed to keep children safe, as you just heard in there with Nick Wright. We, we have failed. Like, there is no debate to me that we have failed children of our country. We have failed to keep them safe. That is number one. And the, I, I've done this enough to know what is going to happen. What is going to happen is we're going to talk about this on Monday. And a group of you are going to say, shut up. You're beating a dead horse. Get over it. Move on. And then we won't talk about it anymore. And nothing will happen. And then another shooting will happen. And then we'll go through this same cycle over and over. And I'm tired of this cycle. I would imagine that many of you are tired of this cycle. And also the feeling of hopelessness of, what can I do about it? Like, I know how I feel. I'm happy to communicate that. It's not like somebody's going to come up to me, Carrington, you know what? You're right. You know what? We're going to enact the law tomorrow based on your idea. I would love for that to be the case. Not going to happen. So as much as I think today is important and having these conversations, again, I've also done this enough to know exactly what is going to happen. And by the weekend, we will move on and we will talk about something else and nothing will happen. No changes, no nothing. We will all go back to our normal life and we will talk about pitchers and catchers reporting and we will play University of and we'll give pizzas away and we will never speak on it again. And that's incredibly sad. That's unfortunate. Maybe I am part of that problem because I'm in the media. But it, it, this, is just, this is just part of living in America. And I will continue to say, for a country that claims to be as great as we do, oh, we love to tell other people how great we are. The fact that we seem to have this problem more than any of these other countries seems to me to be a huge knock on America and a huge detriment. And for as great as we are, have we have not come up with better solutions to stop incidents like this or at least decrease the likeliness of it happening is very, very odd to me. Keep it right here, Sir Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I would give this person a great intro, but I didn't get Pete one earlier just with everything going on, so I'm going to hold off on that intro until next week. Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41 News is here. Now, I will ask you one question because I did ask this to Pete, and I'm about equality. Okay. You got to go to the Super Bowl. That's number one. I would guess hanging out with me is probably number two of things you did in Vegas. <laughs> it's high up there. <laughs> Doesn't chart. It does, it's, not, it's not in the top five. Well, honestly, we don't really link often. You're one of those people that's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, 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 we'll grab that drink or we'll do whatever. Yeah, 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 I got there you. has never been a time in which you have asked me to grab a drink and I've declined going out somewhere with you. This has never happened. 
We're going to lie on, on here. On, I was we're like, going to lie in front of the people? We should hoop. I was like, we should hoop sometime. You know, I got a group that hoops. Okay, no, you have asked me to play basketball. You've asked me one time so to play was, basketball, and I had to work on serious, so I couldn't do it. It was time to rubber meets the road, and you were like, oh. We can, we, we can play basketball this weekend. I will play basketball with you this weekend. I will set it up. I can get us a court at Hy-Vee Arena. I will get us a court. We ain't got to pay. <laughs> we can go play this weekend. You tell me if you want to play. Rob will come play. Rob, now, now, Rob can't really hoop. But Rob can set a good screen. I don't think anybody on the drive can actually. Rob, you're being disrespectful. <laughs> Rob can set a good screen. He can play good defense. Three and D. And, and he can hit a couple shots. He's like he's like Mitch Lightfoot. That's that's Rob's game. Oof. Mitch Lightfoot's game. So, yeah, me, me, him, I'll pick up a couple of people, and we'll beat your team. We can set that up right now. I will make one phone call, and we'll have a court right now. Yeah, I just know it's going to fall through. Steve Walls even came to my defense on this. Apparently, he was supposed to see you in Vegas, too. And then you were like, oh, my allergies started acting up. And Steve and I looked at each other like, it must be a certain Vegas kind of allergy. Wow, that, this that, is, that, I can't believe this. This is, this, is, this is real dirty pool right now from my guy, Aaron Ladd. Uh, Aaron, let me tell you that you did phenomenal work yesterday. I don't get a chance to tell you that very often because you don't really do phenomenal work No, very you, often. you get the chance to say it as much as you want to. You just decline that opportunity. <laughs> you don't do it. Yesterday, I thought you did really great work. Uh, I was actually asked to do an interview on a television network that I don't really want to go on. Mm. And I gave them your number as, hey, I, you know, I don't, I don't really want to do the interview, but maybe Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41 News, maybe he would, uh, would like to do the interview. You giving uh, me your scraps right now? In my place. No, it was like first thing in the morning, like, hey, I'm a producer on this show, on this cable news network. We'd love for you to come on. I was like, yeah, I'm okay. No, thanks. I'm all right. I know somebody who would love to do it, though. Aaron Ladd would probably love to do it. <laughs> I don't know whether to be insulted or complimented. Aaron Ladd would love to do it. Uh, okay, on a very, very serious note, though, you were down there. Take us through your memory, your recollection. Take us through being down there at Union Station. Yeah, so KSHB 41 is the official broadcast partner. So I did have some access that was a little different than, than Gen Pop or other stations here in the market. I was about three rows back from the stage. And one by one, Andy Reid... Mahomes, Travis Kelsey does his rendition of Low Places, the whole thing. We're at the end now, and I was in a section of the crowd I probably shouldn't have been in. There were some Chiefs legends in the building, many more touchdowns than I've scored in the National Football League, so I was close. And as I'm kind of leaving off right-hand side, if you're looking at Union Station, Governor Kelly, surrounded by six people, just dart past me, left-hand side. I'm like, that's not the weirdest thing in the world. Maybe she's trying to beat traffic. Maybe they got somewhere else to go. And then people start running and you hear the you hear like the murmurs of people saying shots fired, shots fired. I got back to a KSHB 41 truck. We tried to drive out of the area, which was probably not the best idea. In hindsight. It doesn't sound like it. Um, and as we're driving, just the most police cars I think I've ever seen coming down one street. Um, and eventually they were just like, pull over right now and get out of here, essentially. Um, and that's what I did. But it was really harrowing to see. Like, obviously, I wasn't watching. I was there at the parade, but I wasn't watching our coverage. But, like, getting back and seeing that and seeing the response, the thing that's really sticking with me from this, and and it's, there's a lot of things from this. I still don't know if I've 100% digested this, but, like, the visual of, like, Trey Smith and Andy Reid, some of these guys who we're coming to celebrate them. You saw right? you saw this? No, I okay, didn't I see. Didn't, I didn't know. I was making. I didn't know. I didn't see this. I'm, I'm reading the report. I've seen the GMA, that kind of thing. I didn't see any of that. But just the visual of, like, 
like the it's the complete opposite of what it was supposed to be. We're supposed to be celebrating them and their accomplishment and coming back from ten points down and Mahomes' third ring. Like all of it's supposed to be that, and them consoling children, trying to keep them away from windows. Like I remember one of your replies on social media was like, "This is an American problem," and it is. It is kind of cyclical in nature where it just feels a little bit different considering that it happened in our community and we were there a hundred percent. And that's maybe the thing that I've tried to at least keep in mind is I think what happened yesterday is America. And I understand the numbers in Kansas city may be different than some other places. And I'm not trying to make it seem like we are immune from this conversation at all. But yesterday, I think you saw America in totality. Like gun violence is a part of our society, is a part of our culture. As people, American as football, right? People randomly shooting in crowded places is, yeah. is, is part of our society. But I also don't think that's the only thing, and I don't think that should be the defining thing of yesterday. You also saw America in a lot of its good, too. Sure. People tackled the shooter. Yeah. So people did something I would never do. I would never see a person with a gun go to a and just parade. go up to them and just Lawrence Taylor try to tackle that individual. Like, that is, you are a hero if you do something like that. Like, you are a great person, and the togetherness and the outpouring of support. Absolutely. And how people are going to donate blood, that is also America, too. So at least how we started this conversation earlier today was how I am against moving the rally anywhere. Hmm. I understand the fear. I understand the frustration. I, I, I get all of that. But you and I have been to enough of these parades now to know Man, this is some of the best that you can have. Like, you get people from everywhere, all sure. walks of life. Yeah. They come together, and for 99.99% of people, they have no issues. Everybody goes home safe, and it is an amazing day. And you were celebrating being in Kansas City and what it means to represent this community. I don't want to take that away. And you and I both know, if they move this thing to Arrowhead, A, the tickets to actually be able to attend it will be through the roof. It will be ridiculous. And then only people like me or you are going to go in the media or because you know somebody and now, hey, they got you two tickets to it. And that's not what the parade should be. The parade to me is at its best because everybody can go. Your grandma can go. Your two kids can go. You guys can go out there and you got a chance to wave at Patrick Mahomes and you got a chance to celebrate with people about where we live. Every city, every team does kind of the parade rally thing differently. And I'm actually reminded of when I went to the Braves parade recently, that that and how they did it. There was two different actual parade paths. There was one through downtown, and everybody got on the bus, and they drove up the interstate, and then they went to the place around the stadium, and then the finishing rally was actually inside the stadium. Ludacris, big boy. They did everything on the diamond, basically. No charge for those tickets, but as you're saying, like it was sold out within the first five minutes, and we could only get two tickets because we knew somebody or season ticket holders or that kind of thing. Which, which, which is wrong. Like that, That's not what this should be about. There are some events where that should be. I understand that everybody can't go to – I mean, next year when the Chiefs put the banner up, everybody can't go. Like, everybody sure. cannot afford to go. Everybody can't go, and right. I get that. Nobody goes to the ring ceremony. I mean, the ring ceremony is uh, invite only. Like, certain events are not for the general population. It stinks because these are events that – have been historically, and and we've had them without issue for the most part. But if we need to, the goal is safety, right? Mm-hmm. And the ultimate. Instance, I just don't know how you. I mean, I, 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 I feel like we all want the same thing. I just think we all are going to, in the same way that a lot of these debates are, we are all just going to strongly disagree on what safety sure. is, like, yeah. or how I, to get there. Like, if if you are telling me. 
kind of what you were talking about. Hey, let's make the part at Union Station if you want to come inside and actually see the rally. But you and I both know, how can you, and a little bit different than the draft, people are, no one is on 16th and Grand to celebrate the draft the way that they are. Like, people are all the way down by Grand Slam all the way to Union Station. How do you make that secure? And the same thing could have happened on the parade route somewhere. It just happened in front of Union Station. This could have happened on 5th and Grand. These people could have gotten into an argument the same way they could have got into 11th and Grand. We're talking about a wide area of people. I just don't know how you secure all of that and make sure that absolutely nothing happens. That just doesn't seem logical or feasible. Q was talking a lot about like the elevation of Kansas City and how you know we're riding this escalator now. World Cup City, new events, the new stadium for the current, and all these different things. Like it stinks that like part of that process is excluding what things used to be or the way things used to be or finding different ways to accomplish things. Like I know history tells us one thing, but we have to learn from patterns. I'm not completely against them moving it to Arrowhead for the rally purpose of things. Yeah, I am. I mean, I, maybe this is just uh, I don't want to change. And I I refuse to let a day that was 98% positive. And let's not make it seem like it's the first parade that we have had. We have had three other parades For sure. yeah. go off without incident. Yeah, We have had dozens of watch parties down at Power and Light where people have come together to watch the Chiefs. And people have come together to watch... The Big 12 and do all these things. Sure. Kansas City hosts so many big events. I mean, without, we had the draft, draft parade, draft this most recent time, like, or parade, draft parade, excuse me. And um, the fact that I guess we have had all those events and we continue, I mean, it's, it's not like this. I mean, yeah. they're going to have the Big 12 tournament in a month. They're going to have a St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day, Day parade, parade. Yeah. in a month. Like, they're still going to continue to have outdoor events. Now, for what is the best outdoor event that your city can host? The best outdoor event your city can host is a championship parade. And there are cities that wish you could have it. The Lions have never had a parade in their honor. Yeah. Minnesota, like there, there are so many places that have never had this kind of parade. To now let the actions of three to five individuals now ruin it and drastically change it and make it the event where you got to know the ticket guy. Like, no, that that's not what the parade should be about. I agree. Sometimes the consequences, this is what my parents taught you growing up, sometimes the consequences of a few bad apples ruin the whole bunch. And it, not, it doesn't have to go away forever. What if it's just like a temporary thing? What if it's a timeout? What if we cool out? What if we evolve the way it goes? What if the rally is over here? What if we change the parade route? Like, there are ways to have this discussion without just no. Are they no, doing this no, in every changing. city? Because, I mean, we, we agree. I mean, someone is going to win the NBA Finals in June, and they are going to have another parade. Yeah, wasn't there an and, 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 I'm just, I, I don't know who is going to win it. I'm going to yeah. guess they have gun violence in that city. I don't know who is going to win it. Denver. Denver had a parade yeah. in June. Ten people got shot after the Nuggets parade. That was the first time they'd ever won the NBA Finals, and they had a shooting. So I I, I don't know who's going to win the NBA Finals. We're going to have another parade in this country coming up in four months. Are we just done with outdoor parades? Are we just done with them as a celebration? Like, we are done having them. No. That's all I'm saying. I hear you. I think there's room in the middle. It's worth the conversation. Oh, it's definitely worth the conversation. My conversation is no. I'm just a strong adamantly. No, I don't want anything to do with it. No, please stop. It's no surprise that that. I mean, I get, I get it. It, it, it stinks. That was the overall feeling that I got from yesterday. It's just like 
it hurts. It's like the, like you said, the, the the whole day started so well, and the 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 overwhelming vibe and the the feeling around parade day is positive. You always want to go into the into that thinking the best, and, and even forty one like. We have a lot of safety meetings before these things, and, and we went through it. Where the, know where the exits are at all times. And I'm yeah. thinking during those meetings, like, similar to how students now are having active shooter drills mm-hmm. and all these things, like, why are we doing this? And then you're reminded of it the very next day. Right now, we're joined in studio by Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41 News. We'll keep this conversation coming up on the side. Keep right here, Mr. Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Your home for Chiefs football in Kansas City is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I'm not laughing because it's not funny. Rob, this is a 100% true story. 100% true story. Aaron said, yo, you never pull up the text line. Let me see it. And I was like, you know what, man? I will let you see the text line if you want. Hey, I will tell you the code. I'll tell you the password. You can log in and look at it. He's like, finally, I finally get to be part of y'all show. You know how Aaron talks. Is that how it sounds? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Certainly. Finally. So like, yeah, here you go. Here's here's the stuff. <laughs> and this is this is all true, Rob. He then started looking through and reading through the text of the show, and he's like, Yo, why did you give me this? This text line is a this is this is a cesspool. He just said that. That's why I started laughing. I was like, I no. Yeah, it's not good. That's Don't especially today. Minimize. Especially just got, today. Just got it minimized over here. I now. mean, it's cool on like a, hey, the Chiefs won. Yeah, the text line going to be cool. Yeah. Chiefs might even lose. Text line's going to be funny then. You're talking about gun violence, race in America, mm-hmm. all in one place, football. You're talking about all the things that are like controversial, mixing together at one time. You yeah. thought the text line was going to be cool today? I could have told you that. <laughs> I, I could have saved you. And a Chiefs Super Bowl, it's wild. Yeah, it's like, I could have yeah. saved you from that. I'm trying to. T- I I wouldn't wish the text line on anybody. I know they have bots on Twitter, but I didn't know they had bots. <laughs> I wouldn't wish the text, the text line. line too. <laughs> I wouldn't wish the text line on anybody. No, just please stay away from it. I got to do it. It's my job. I'm just learning how to deal with it now. It still gets robbed sometimes. At this point, I'm a cold vet. They don't even uh, bother me. I don't at know. This point. I've walked in here sometimes and you're like fighting with the computer screen. You call that because I text people back. Like, like I actually like reply. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, that's, I'm interacting with them. It I can't can just tell. be me screaming all the time. I got to at least, I got to talk sometimes. Somebody I gotta will hit talk you with a, a one liner on there and it'll really just. No, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> that may be like once a month. Somebody will just be like, bro, what's going on? At this point, you know what I've gotten better at? I've gotten better. I'm just going to block you. Like, I just, I'm not going to deal with it. Like, I don't really block people for a lot. But, like, if you just constantly annoy me, you know, like, this isn't a fun, this isn't a fun experience for me. Like, I, I, I'm not coming to work to be annoyed. I'm not doing that. I, no, I'll just, I'll just quietly, you know what? We, you and I have reached the end of our conversation. We've reached the end of the road. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm a silently block. I'm not going to be like, oh, I blocked you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to block you and move on with my life. Cold killer. Where does yesterday rank, I guess, in terms of like, you know, you've been doing this for a while. You know, it's yeah. going to be one of those days that 
you know, people ask you about. You know, I got, I mean, I'm sure you got 20, 30 text messages. Yeah. Hey, are you there? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm at the station. I'm with Rob. You know, we're good. Yeah. Like, what, where does yesterday rank in terms of your coverage of just events that you've been a part of? You were yards away from everything that happened yesterday. Yeah, it's a seminal moment. I was talk, talking to people after. I'm like, this will really not, I don't know if I'll remember this day for the parade anymore, really. I think I'll remember it for just how quickly things changed. Willie Gay was on stage without his shirt off with a bear mask on. And then 15 minutes later, people are running for their lives. Like, it, 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 I don't think I'll ever forget that transition. And where does it rank? It's, it's different because I think a lot of the moments where I feel what I felt yesterday, it was earlier in my career, maybe when I was doing more strictly news stories or, like, big, big games maybe, the fourth quarter or overtime at the Super Bowl. But, like, it's a different feeling. It's It just is... I just just felt sore and hurt, and it hurt to, like, look at things and scroll, and I couldn't stop looking things and the updates. It's it's something I will remember for a very long time. I know that people just don't, like, think that you can get tired doing our job. Like, when you sit around and talk about sports all day, like, you can't be tired. It's not like a physical tired. It's more like a mental, emotional tired. I don't think I've ever went to sleep that early. Certainly, it's been a long time since I went to sleep. Like, I normally go to sleep around, like, 12, 1230, you know, somewhere Man, in that range. One thirty-two. Yeah, like, somewhere in that range. Dog, I'm telling you, I took a shower. I ate some tacos. It was, like, 830. I was struggling. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, how you be trying to stay up. Like, Man, I ain't going to bed this early. I was like, I guess, I mean, this, this is the time I'm going to bed. I think it was about, like, 845 yesterday. There's, like, a real wear. There's, like, a real emotional trauma from... Even if you didn't witness it, just being around, being in that area, I kind of mentioned earlier, like, there is a nature of what we experience and what goes on after these mass shootings. I mean, at this point in our country, we've experienced it so many times that it's like almost a a script or a pattern. Like, But for it to happen to our community, I think that there is a real trauma associated with what the day was supposed to be, what the day ended up being, how people react to that. Then there's the kind of wrinkles or reverberations of how, like, the national reaction is to it. It's associated to the NFL. It was so weird seeing, like, other sporting games do their moment of silence, and it's like yeah, Kansas Chiefs, City. Yeah. yeah. Like, people, random teams putting out, like, the Chargers, your favorite team, put out a statement. You know, rivals you on the You do that field. in the middle of all of this? In the middle of all of this, me and you are bonding. After you and I have you, you're just going to throw a random Chargers diss in there. I'm just stating facts. Okay, my bad. Go ahead. I'm, I apologize for cutting you off. It was just, it just, it was almost imposter syndrome a little bit because it's like, oh crap, that was that was an event that I was there for, and I don't know if I'll fully process that in the moment right now. Maybe in like five years, ten years, we'll be able to look back on it a little differently. If the parade celebrations change, we'll think back about that yeah, even absolutely. more so. I mean, I mean, as much as I don't want it to be about what happened at the end of the event, I mean, that's how people are going to remember it. Like, that's how people are going to remember it. I I'll mean, we you- have had, we've had three very successful parades. Yeah. I said earlier, like, the Royals Parade is, I would say, is the best day of my life. Oh, wow. From start to finish, the most fun, yep. seeing Kansas City, the unity. It is. It, it was the best day of my life. <laughs> it was the best day. I'm tired of looking at you, Rob Ladd. I mean, really? Yeah, it is. I would say it was the best day of my life up to this point. Don't you have kids? Yeah, it, 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 it was the best day of my life. <laughs> the Royals Parade. It was a great day, an amazing day. Those days are up there. <laughs> They're up there. 
Okay, I'll give you something else, Atlanta, too. Yeah, I was actually cool. at the Atlanta Olympic bombings. Well, I was obviously yeah, like, kid, yeah. very you were young. Little. I was like under a year, but like events in Atlanta changed after that. Like how, how we go to sporting events change. Like going to airports changed after 9 11. Like it, it's, the, it's always the actions of a few that dictate the rest. I don't think that that's anything different in this case and circumstance. It's a bummer. Because it's affecting mm-hmm. our community, and we think that it shouldn't be this way. But Kansas City does have a gun problem, so maybe things should change. Yeah, I guess I, I, I wonder, though, I, I guess, let me make it twofold, though. I think what I struggle with on yesterday, like my like normal human emotion, is the love and passion that I have for Kansas City and seeing a day that is supposed to celebrate that. Like, yesterday is about the civic pride that you have, right? It is about going out in the streets and high-fiving your neighbor and celebrating it and playing catch with kids and celebrating the fact that we are from Kansas City and that a parade of this magnitude and what it is celebrating doesn't happen in places like this. And the uniqueness of it, of understanding that this is not a yearly event. Yeah, The Big 12 parade is a yearly sure. event. The Big 12 tournament is a yearly sure. St. event. St. Patrick's Day parade, yeah. This is not yearly they might never have another one. We no. think they will have another one. We don't know that to be the case. No problem. Or they might not have another one for a decade. I'm yeah, sure the Patriots sure. thought that, but it took the Patriots. They had 10 years in between parades. Each one, each one of them is unique. And I thought a big part of the character of, of the parade this year was that it, it was an unexpected one. You know, it wasn't one that people penciled in as like, we're going to see in February. Like they had to overcome a lot of adversity. I think the players felt that too. So I think it's that side of it is just like that part of my brain is like, man, yesterday is a day that is supposed to celebrate Kansas City. And for the majority of my day, that's exactly what it was. Like I'm at home. Some of my closest friends are there. Their kids are there. We're all laughing. We're playing games. We're watching on television. The parade then goes by. Like it, it was a it was a great day. I didn't get here. Rob and I are joking. Like this news broke. I'm not joking. It broke during the open. Like we are literally playing yeah. the music that we start. I remember what my take was going to be. And then Rob tells me here, yo, don't do that right now. Turn to channel nine. I'm like, what's happening wow. on channel nine? Channel nine. He didn't, he didn't say that's what he told me. He no, that's what he told me. You said, turn to channel that's nine. What he said, he said, turn to channel nine. Wait, wait, wait. Turn to channel 41. The official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's not what we said though. He said, turn to channel nine. I grabbed the remote. I turned to channel nine and then I saw shooting. And he's like, Whoa, what's going on? So then we scrambled to put it on the television, and that's what happened. So it, it's those two things of knowing that a place that I feel so passionately about and knowing that it is in pain today and knowing that yesterday. I mean, leading up to that point, other people had the same, man, this is the best day of my life. It's so yeah. cool to see yeah. all the confetti and the parade and all of that Was stuff. Was that parents saying that? Yeah, it could be. And then <laughs> and then in this, like, in this moment, Somebody just decided to ruin that, man. That sucks. Maybe this one needs to feel different, though, Carrington. Maybe since since the Chiefs are such a big part of the identity of this community, right? Maybe this is what it took to grab people's attention. It happening on parade day, on the day that's meant to be a joyous occasion, on the day where everybody's attention is solely focused on one thing. But Aaron, you and I, like, we live in America. You think that's, you think that's the, you think that's going to happen? I mean, come on now. I mean, as much as I want to believe what you are saying, as much as I agree with what you're saying, you and I live in the same country, and you and I both know what's going to happen. We're going to talk about this on Monday, and people are going to be over it. 
or you're going to do it on your news show. People are going to be like, why are you talking about this? Stop beating a dead horse. You come on now. You know this. As much as everybody, the way they feel now and emotional, you know in two, three days that is exactly what's going to happen. And we're going to move on and we're going to move forward and nothing will, no, nothing will change based off what happened. If anything, I would say that your experience in these events moving forward is only going to be worse and less enjoyable. Hmm. All those safety things that you talk about, they're the worst. The fact that we all got to take our shoes off in the airplane is the worst. You know it is. I figured Big Dot had clear by now. I do have clear. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I do have clear. <laughs> you know I You're got clear. You're still going through gin pop uh, Sometimes TSA? it depends. Sometimes it depends. I got clear, but I'll look, and I'll look at the regular TSA line, and I'll be <laughs> like, all right, laugh. I'm going over there. Yeah, I'm going over there. I that that yeah, adds. That's the other layer. Like when I talk about disheartening and disappointment and heartbreaking, like that's another layer of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's like an onion because it's not just the actual event happening itself. It's the reaction to the event. It's the inaction to the event. It, it, there's there, like it's we've seen this script in this movie so many times. This is a syndicated program at this point in time. I mean, it's probably going to run again next week somewhere. I mean, maybe not in Kansas City, but somewhere. KC. All, I mean, all over, right? I mean, that's it was on the anniversary of Stoneman, Douglas, and Parkland. Like, it It hurts. What does after the Super Bowl look like for Aaron Ladd? Like, what is the next? We usually flip into, days. like, March Madness mode in a minute here. It looks like KU men and K-State women will be our two big teams this year. We'll see how far they go. Uh, usually people are in Arizona. I wonder if we would go to spring training this year. Are y'all doing any spring training or are you just sending Vern on his own? I, I do not. I do not think that we are going to spring training. No. Yeah. So that, 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 those are the you two. You like going to spring training? I've actually never covered a spring training. Oh, it's cool. You would like it. Well, I don't really work in a market that really values that. Oh, I just, I'm just saying I think you would enjoy it. I've been twice to spring training. How long were you out there? A week, both times. Ooh. It is it is pretty cool. Uh, I, this is, a, I'm going to tell you something, you're going to make fun of me for oh, this. Gosh. I don't really check the weather that much, like on your app and You're going to wear a flannel anyway, it doesn't matter. So You were in Vegas wearing flannels on the strip. Like I had a turtleneck and was, a blazer on. It was cold. Steve Wall had a designer, even Pete Sweeney had on a collar shirt. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay true. You, you, you had a true. flannel on on the Vegas trip. <laughs> I'm going to stay true. There were athletes around. Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the was in the party. You saw Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah. I don't remember him. You don't remember might be, him. Yeah, might be, not be a good <laughs> I don't party. think you remember much, <laughs> to, to be, be honest good. with you. I'm serious, though. Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the party we were at? It was an Amazon function. I yeah. don't remember seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick there. A lot of them were there. I think Michael Smith was walking around, too. Oh, I don't remember this. You didn't come get me and tell me? Like, oh, hey, he's over there. I tried to tell you a lot, but I don't think you were really listening. You think that's a you thing or a me thing? Oh, it was a you thing. It was a me thing. Oh, have I told you the craziest thing I saw when I was in Vegas? Let's hear it. Will you tell me a story and I'll tell you a story, too? We can just share stories right now. We can bond <laughs> together. Other people can hear us bonding together. We can bond <laughs> together. I told Rob this story. It was it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, I've seen you, a lot of crazy things first. in my life. Yeah, you go. So I'm going, is on Saturday morning. I'm leaving to go get brunch. And for those of you that know, I'm going to Alexis. So it's like right there on the strip. You know, like that Mon Ami Gabi is right there, right next to Paris. And then Alexis, like right on the strip, right next to the Bellagio. He's a local. So I, I go a lot. So I am walking out. And to my right, I look. And it is Dennis Rodman. 
And I was like, oh, hey, that's Dennis Rodman. I was like real yeah, calm. Like, oh, sure. hey, that's Dennis Rodman. Yeah. This is the true story. I then see Dennis Rodman taking shots with Lawrence Taylor. And I'm just sitting there. My mind is blown. Because if I did like make a list of people that would be cool to take shots with yeah. together, that seems like a but really th- good th- one. Th- two. Those two weren't taking shots with you. You just watched nearby. No, I just watched. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't going to go over like, hey, can we? You know what you I mean? I wasn't about yourself? to do that. No, I just uh, went to brunch. I'm Carrington Harrison, nationally syndicated radio host. I'm sure you've heard of me in my flannels. <laughs> wow. You think I, I should have <laughs> left like that? You think I should have went up to Dennis Rodman and be like, oh. You think, no, so I saw them two taking shots. I kind of looked, and it was like a unicorn moment. Like, I knew I was seeing something that I would never see again. Yeah. And how special of a moment this was. And then I, I left. That was it. I didn't say anything to him. That was the wild thing about the Super Bowl in Vegas. It was like, no matter where you went on it was, the strip, yeah, there was everywhere. literally people everywhere. And it's like, oh, there's Johnny Manziel and Jason Kelsey and Cam Newton are at the crash You saw table. Johnny Manziel? I did see Johnny Manziel. Oh. Uh-huh. There's some people I can't even lie. Like if I saw, I'd be like, "Oh man, you were so and so." I, I'm, you're gonna make fun of me for who I kind of had that feeling about. I saw Matt Leinert. God, that's I, such a lowbrow name. <laughs> Rob Yo, knows Matt this. Like Leinert. Honestly, of like all the famous people I've seen, I don't know why I get this way about college football players. He makes fun of me for how much I love Cam Newton because when Cam Newton was at Auburn. But Cam, but Cam is one of those figures. Though. Matt Leiner was the quarterback for that. Those Matt you remember how great those USC teams were back in the day? You remember that? I was in middle school. You st- when did you start watching sports? <laughs> well, I've actually heard your takes. <laughs> I don't want to know. Don't answer that question. I've heard your takes. I've heard them. It takes a minute for me to like. I didn't go up and I take a picture, but we literally walked past it like, oh hey, that's Matt Leiner. You know that happened to me this year at a Chiefs game when I saw Caitlin Clark. Oh okay. I was like, oh. Like, because, you know, it was like a different world almost. Like, when you see NFL people, it's like we're in that world a little bit. Caitlin Clark, it was like, I would never have gone to an Iowa game. I would have never seen her come to, like, it was like, oh, crap. Like, big name, State Farm in the building. Do you think you would score against Caitlin Clark if you guys played a basketball game together? Like, tomorrow, if you play, like, a one-on-one game to ten, do you think you score? Because she beats you, but, do like, do you think that you score? I would have to just knock down a, a three before. Just like, quick. You're going to have to be like a check, check ball. And then just shoot <laughs> check it ball and just, just shoot right away. Rob, are, so you and Tamar, you and Caitlin Clark play one-on-one. Do you score? Probably not. Yeah. Come on now. It would, I would hope that my height advantage would take over, but if I miss the one jumper, it's over. You're not getting the ball back? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he said he's not getting one stop. Getting she's, getting, she's getting 10 buckets. She's getting 10 buckets on all of us. I'm scoring. We could play one on three, and she wins 10 nothing. I'm scoring. She's going to beat oh, me. Come sure. on now. She's this beating guy. me. I'm Me and Kayla Clark play. I, it's going to be 10-3. I'm scoring a couple when of When are you buckets. getting the three? Are you up 3-0, and then she goes on her 10-0 <laughs> no, run? It's going to probably. So you're you're going to get a stop. Oh, I'm definitely getting a stop. Oh, okay. I, I, I think what would happen in this scenario is like, all right, we're playing one on one, right? And she's up like six two, and like she she clearly is gonna win here. And then I get like one more bucket, and then that's the end of the game. I don't see there's any world in where you even score. To be you know, honest you, with you, you think I you don't think I score? I mean, Kayla Clark's one of the best women's basketball players on the planet. I 100% right now. agree with you. Incredible. I don't understand how you think you're getting multiple stops. <laughs> I think I, I think she would be Team USA unless, like tomorrow. Unless, unless we're counting, hey, she missed one no, somehow as a stop. That's a stop. Is that not a, that's the definition of a stop. Her missing a jumper is a stop. I don't know if you get the I like, rebound, I put though. my hand up. Do you get the rebound, though? Oh, I'm playing fundamental. I'm turning around, <laughs> boxing out, locating. I'm getting a stop. 100%. 10-3.
That's what the score would be, me and Kaitlyn Clark. She won. I'm not thinking I'm beating Kaitlyn Clark in a game, but I'm getting a couple of buckets in. This is some hubris here, unlike I've ever seen from you. Well, well, I guess since Vegas, I guess. <laughs> you know what? I appreciate you, Aaron Ladd. I really do. I know that I give you a lot of grief. You also give me a lot of grief, but you are one of my favorite people to talk to. Oh, that's you know what? Love is in the this air. This is the last time. Love, I, this love, is the last time I would ever say these kind of love things. Love is in the air. This is this is a this is a special <laughs> conversation. You will never get this again. Never. Well, I got us up to three. You never know. Yeah, you know, no, we're almost there. <laughs> Please close out the text line. Don't ever read the text line again. Please right. don't read Goodbye. the text line. Uh, coming up on the other side, something that you know what you would definitely want to read the text line for. A lot of people said that what happened yesterday is reason why they do not support a downtown stadium. Oh. I want to talk about that next. Keep nice. it right here. It's the drive. All right, Rob, let's have this conversation. I understand that my perspective on this is going to be different because I live in downtown Kansas City. I live there. I walk around there. I eat there. I go to drink. I I live in downtown Kansas City. So as much as Kansas City is part of our community, I, I live in the downtown community. So our top text, CDOT, my mom made the same comment about the downtown stadium being less safe. Sitting ducks is how she put it with all the high-rise building. I've never thought about it that deep. I'm still pissed about parking. But I also have a new fear as a parent. All of this is exhausting. I certainly understand the fears of what happened yesterday. But I do think that we have to keep some of this... In line, I don't say if I'm trying to think of the right way to word it. Where they are putting the downtown stadium is across the street from Sprint Center. We go down to Sprint Center all the time as a community. All the time. You know when they show the World Cup and they show the watch parties? Guess where that is? It is in downtown Kansas City. That they are showing that part of why we got the World Cup is that people come to downtown Kansas City to celebrate things. Please do not take what happened yesterday and now try to turn it into that. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be that. We will still continue to go downtown. We will be downtown a month from now during the Big 12 tournament. It is not that far away from this incident. It's probably what, Rob? Four blocks? Five blocks away? I don't know if you consider Union Station downtown Kansas City. I would kind of consider all of that downtown Kansas City, but you get what I'm saying. It is not that far from where we already do things. Where people live. They keep building lights, one light, two light, three light, green light. We live there. It's it's our community. I, I I find that portion of the conversation a little bit ridiculous and coded in a lot of different ways about what happened yesterday. That just seems very, very unnecessary with the incident that happened yesterday. So I it did not change my view any on the downtown stadium. 
And I think if you were using yesterday's incident to then justify why you feel uncomfortable on voting yes, it just, come on now. That's not why. It can be other reasons, and you were entitled to vote no for whatever reason that you have. But, Rob, I, I find that part of the conversation to be disheartening because it is not like that area doesn't have things that we already go to. You and I go to Green Lady Lounge. Green Lady Lounge is not far from where we are talking about. Sprint Center is not that far from where we're talking about. Power and Light is not that far from where we're talking about. Go ahead, Rob. I'm trying to find a way to phrase this just right because I 1,000% agree with you. I don't believe anyone's perception about the downtown stadium should change based on the events of yesterday. If you were going to vote no, hey, that's your prerogative. If you're going to vote yes, that's your prerogative too. And I agree with what you're saying. It shouldn't change our fundamental understanding. But there is a notion among, I would say, suburbanites mostly, there is a notion, right or wrong, among suburbanites that downtown is dangerous and downtown is where the crime in town is. And I don't think those people are right. But this event yesterday only solidified that fear and that thought. They have wrongly felt that. I'm not saying everyone on the text line felt this way, but Carrington on Tuesday, before the world changed, we talked about a downtown stadium, and there were people on there saying, I won't go to a new downtown stadium. That's where the crime and the homeless in town is. And I think what happened to Rob, the suburbanites be honest to here? believe let's, that. Rob, let's have the conversation. I don't, I I'm just saying s- this. Are we saying this because the shooters were black? Like, if you said suburbanites that are saying this. Are we saying this because the shooters are black? Because everything I heard you just say, is white people are saying, I don't want to go down there because that's what the black folks were shooting. If, if, if that's what people are saying, then let's just have the conversation. I but think- all I'm saying is the same Iowa State fans that come from out of town to go down there, the same KU game that you just went to a couple of months ago when they played Wichita State, this was not a, this was not a conversation. They are, putting the, they are putting the baseball stadium three blocks from there, the same community. Come on now. If we're going to have the conversation, let's have the conversation. Because that's just what it sounds like to me. Those black folks were shooting down there. I don't want to go down there anymore. And this now justifies the way I feel. I will say this. I think before the event, there was a thought that what you're saying is correct. People were thinking, that's where that's happening. I can avoid that by not going down there. And now that thought, which I believe, by the way, is incorrect. I want that on the record. I'm... I'm speaking in generalities, not how I feel at all, but I believe people who felt that way Tuesday only had their thoughts solidified in their brain after the events of yesterday. I don't think they're less fearful, and I don't think they're less likely to say those coded messages after what happened at Union Station yesterday. And I think, you said Union Station's considered downtown, a lot of people consider the Union Station area crossroads. Well, where is the Royal Stadium going to yeah, be? Right there. Crossroads. I mean, so, Crossroads is not far from where they're putting mm-hmm. the stadium. It's not far. It is... Three minutes away, like a three-minute drive away from what we're talking about? Under? I would say, I mean, depending on maneuverability, I would say it's under three minutes. We can take phone calls on this. I'm perfectly fine to do that. 913-586-7610. By the way, I I should hit the breaking news sounder, but there's a little breaking news now. Malik Jackson, who works over at uh, Fox 4 Kansas City, Tweets out, breaking news, the Jackson County Proxier's Office tells Fox 4 the two juveniles in custody right now from the Chiefs Parade shooting will be charged and stand trial as adults by family court. So they will be charged as if they were certified to stand trial as adults. They should be. So that is 
That is the breaking news now into Fox 4. I that- want those people persecuted to the full mm-hmm. extent of the law. You started shooting there with all those peoples around and you hit these kids? Come on now. I hope they throw the book at you. I hope they put you under the jail. They'll be charged if and when they are certified to stand trial as adults. Like literally under the jail. We can take phone calls on this. I'm, the text line is mad at my comments. I, you, I, you are allowed to feel however you want to feel. I just, I have seen a lot of that. Well, that's why I don't want the stadium downtown. Sprint Center's downtown. Like, Sprint Center's downtown. The, all these things that we go to downtown are there. I, this didn't seem like that much of an issue before with all the other events and things that have been downtown. I don't know why this is now the, see, I told you guys why I don't want the downtown stadium. It just feels like it's about something else and not about where they're actually putting the stadium. I think the timing is problematic for the Royals because I think there is a hundred percent. I think there have been incidents downtown and I'm, we both know there's a crime problem downtown. That's fine. But the back, the back days that on Tuesday at two 30, they announced crossroads and then on Wednesday at one fifty six, this happened. I think only solidifies that fear for people who already felt that way. Cool. We can take a break. Uh, the phone lines are lighting up. We can take calls. I'm happy to do it. Someone said, bro, it's the T-Mobile center. I will never call that place. That's the sprint center to me. What do you call? Uh, what do you call? <laughs> that is the, that is the sprint center to me. That guy calls it, uh, doesn't call it sandstone. He calls it cricket. <laughs> yeah, that place is the sprint what is center. It? No, it's not cr- he calls it a zero. <laughs> that is the sprint center to <laughs> me. Uh, 913-586-7610. We'll take your calls next. Keep right here. So drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The home of the Royals is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. the drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. If you missed it, this is what we were talking about. A few people on the text line, and I've seen this kind of various places. I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen it on Twitter. I've, 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 seen, I've heard this sentiment of people expressing that they, this is why they don't want the stadium downtown because of the events that happened yesterday at Union Station. And I think that is very unfair given the fact of we all already go to downtown Kansas City for various things. I mean, Union Station is downtown. I just took my daughter there to take pictures in front of the Kansas City. You know, they got all the Chiefs stuff up. You've seen it, Rob. They have, like, the back-to-back and they had AFC champs and all that stuff. Like, we go down there. You and I talk about Green Lady Lounge all the time, how it's one of the best bars in the city. Green Lady Lounge is not that far from where the shooting took place. You've never been phenomenal place. Like I live down there. And even if you don't live down there, I would just imagine that you go down there already for various things. Whether you go to Union Station, whether you went to during Christmas, they had the skies where they had the winter bar upstairs, or whether you go to Green Lady Lounge or used to go to uh, South on Truman, which was a really nice bar. I'm sad they closed that place. That place was phenomenal. Or you go to Record Bar or Cigar Bar or you take your kids to Disney on Ice or you go down there for the World Cup watch parties or you go to a concert at Sprint Center. Like, we all go to downtown Kansas City. So now it is just very odd to me to hear you say, well, this is why I don't want the stadium down there. You already go down there. You're already down there for events and things. Now, if you're arguing, well, going down there more, well, sure. I'm not going to make it seem like downtown is some safe utopia that nothing ever happens down there. That's not true. 
That's not true of anywhere that we live. And I think that yesterday is just a microcosm of America in general as a whole. Gun violence is a part of American society. As much as I don't want it to be, as much as I don't want that statement to be true, it is a part of American society. It is as American as our love of football. But what I also saw in downtown, in the same place, in the same downtown Kansas City, I saw the same thing that makes us great. People tackled the shooter yesterday. People coming together, they're donating blood, they're doing all these things in the same downtown Kansas City. And I I guess what frustrates me the most, and Rob, what I'm so passionate about is the protection of our own community and keeping that. And yesterday was a, it was a amazing day, a great day, and 99.9% of people went down there and handled themselves properly. And now I just, we're about to let the actions of three to five people undo all of that. I mean, the same place where they have the NFL draft, the same place where I'm going to guess they're going to have World Cup stuff in four years. It's not like they're like, oh, well, that happened. Well, we're not giving you guys the World Cup. Kansas City is going to host. There are not there are not larger sporting events than what Kansas City is going to host in four years. I don't know a whole lot about soccer, but we get the Elite Eight of the World Cup. There are not bigger sporting events that you can host than that. It's going to happen in our city. So it just it, it it always sounds weird to me how people from the outside think we are more capable than what we think we are of ourselves. The rest of the world trusts us with these events. They have a lot of faith in our ability to execute these events. They've had the ability to move the Big 12 tournament I don't know how many times. It only works in one place, downtown Kansas City. I have been to it when they put it in downtown Oklahoma City. It did not work. Rob, you remember when they tried to put it in downtown Dallas, Texas? It did not work. The only place that that basketball tournament works is a five-minute drive from where that happened yesterday. Some of the most fun times that we have in Kansas City is in downtown Kansas City around the Big 12 tournament. Rob, you've been down there. It's incredible. People from across the country come to celebrate and have a great time in downtown. Now it's like, well, I mean, I don't want, like, we 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 don't have to do this. Not in reaction to what happened yesterday. That's what I'm upset about. We are on the same page. But the same way you say that gun violence is part of America, you and I both know. And maybe it's a small sect on social media. Maybe the text line is just a vocal minority. I don't know. But there is a sect of people who, by the way, I believe were already anti-downtown stadium that are using yesterday's horrible tragedy as further evidence that a downtown stadium is bad for Kansas City. They are going to use a horrific moment in our city's history as a platform to push an agenda that see you can't be downtown because crime is downtown and i worry that the suburbanites and by the way that's not exclusive to johnson county it could be johnson county it could be lee summit it could be up north it could be you you know gardner there is going to be people in those communities that think downtown is unsafe and they are only furthered in that thought by the events of yesterday and they who are already probably not a fan of downtown stadiums because of the quote unquote crime down there are only pushed further because of yesterday's tragedy. And I, I think what's important to note is a lot of the people that think that are not voting on the downtown stadium. I think that's also important to note people like where I, 
Like if I walk around my neighborhood tonight and I say, hey, what are those in the downtown stadium after it happened yesterday? If someone tells me I hate it, they don't get to vote. I think that is notable, but I definitely think the suburbanites feel away now because it solidifies their fears. Let's go to the phone lines, 913-586-7610. Let's go to Eric. Eric, you called into the drive. Hey, Eric, how you doing, man? Hey, C-Dot, how are you, man? I'm I'm going to kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth here. I am a suburban Kansas City guy. I grew up, born and raised here, 55 years old, a huge supporter of Chiefs and Royals. Initially, when the stadium vote came out, I was against it only because I love the Truman Sports Complex. I think it's a neat thing where both stadiums are there. It's a cool experience. You know, you're parking in the parking lot, walking right in. Um, Since I know the guys want to move the stadium, fine. I will vote, actually vote yes for the downtown stadium. But my problem is when you compare going to Sprint Center or going to Union Station to a baseball game or to a baseball stadium, the difference is you go to Sprint Center two or three times a year maybe to see a show. You go to Union Station once or twice a year. If you're a season ticket holder and you're going to the baseball stadium 20, 40, 60 times a year, you're just increasing the odds that something bad's going to happen. Your car is going to get broken into. You're going to get but you Eric, know, mugged but, uh, on but the way back Eric, to your car. Eric, really quick, though. I mean, I, I want to give you a chance to reply, though, but couldn't we use okay. that argument anywhere? Like, like, you and I have been to Arrowhead, and we have seen people get in fights at Arrowhead. Couldn't you say that if you go one time, your chance of getting in a fight is nothing? But if you keep going and drinking, eventually you're like, I, I, I hear what you're saying is, but can't you just make that argument about anything if you continue to go? I don't know because I, I did. I used to work downtown. I worked down at, actually at 20th and Grand for a long time at the Cashew, and uh, saw multiple cars getting broken into, saw multiple homeless people, multiple problems around in and around that area. Where I have not in my whole life of going to Arrowhead, I've never had my car broken into. I've never been into a fight, and dude, I'm 55 years old. I've been going to the Chiefs game. I had season tickets in the 90s. I mean, I've been going to a lot of Chiefs games and a lot of Royals games. Never had an issue, but I've seen tons of issues downtown. The crime is higher. I mean, you can't deny of course, that the of course. crime is higher downtown that. than it is in the suburbs. I mean, there's more people. There's more chances for crime to happen in, in downtown. So I just think the argument that, well, you go to Sprint Center, you can still go to the stadium. I, I just don't think that's apples to apples. Eric, I, I just want to – how many Royals games a year do you go to? Just out of curiosity. Probably seven or eight. I live in Grain Valley, so it's 15 minutes from my house. I can roll right out there, go to a game, have a good time. Yeah, I I guess I was asking because I I think what, like, I I think you and I agree on this. I don't disagree. Like, I don't want to make it. I mean, I've lived in downtown Kansas City for a while. I've certainly seen some things in downtown Kansas City, but very rarely do I feel unsafe. I just think now we are maybe catering our argument to there are going to be people like you that come downtown maybe 10 times a year and leave mostly without incident. And I don't want those people to control the conversation of, well, that's why I don't go down. Well, you only go to a couple of concerts and three or four baseball games anyway, and, and you've never had anything happen. Right. And, and the bigger issue, I think, is actually we're going to go back to parking. If I've got to park on the street five, six blocks from the stadium, that's not in a parking lot right next to the stadium. I just think it, it lends itself to more issues. Eric, and I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks a lot for calling in today. And I, I, I want to be very, very clear here. I want them to do everything in their power to keep people safe. And I do acknowledge that this is going to be different and more frequently. And you're going to have people spaced out and how you do your best to protect people. And 
It, it, it is certainly going to provide its new challenges. I don't disagree with that in the least bit. I was just simply making the point. I guess I, I still stand by the point is downtown, if you are a sports fan, is already a major part of your life if you go to sporting events. If you go, you go to basketball games there. You go to watch parties down at Power and Light. It is already a part of it. So I now that the conversation is just, well, this is why I don't like but that, that that part is confusing to me. Let's get back to the phone line. Stefan called into the show. Said, hey, Stefan, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing, doing okay. Um, a lot of the listeners need to understand that crime literally happens everywhere. That's why we have the news everywhere. First of all, second of all, I need them to understand that there is a real possibility that if they vote no on this, there's a real possibility that we could lose one of these pro teams because the royal owner, the man who has a billion dollars, he's of his own money, says he wants to build a stadium downtown. Now, if, there were, if it gets voted down and worse things happen, the worst comes to worse. He can take that billion dollars and spend it anywhere, build a stadium anywhere, right? I don't think he can move. I, I, I'm not 100% sure, Stefan. I don't I want to give you any was, false I information. Deal, I, I guess, I Stephon, what, what, that he was supposed to, It was a deal that the, the Glass was supposed to keep it here, but that, I think that deal's done. Yeah, and I, I appreciate the, the call, Stefan. What I would guess, this is just pure speculation on my part. And, Rob, tell me if you agree, disagree. You're welcome to chime in. If the stadium vote is no, I, I think they're moving to independence. I actually kind of think that the Independence Center, them tearing it down and putting the Royal Stadium there, I think that maybe has a little bit more room. I mean, the highways are right there. It's not that far from where they already are. I understand it's not the great district, but there certainly is a lot of space for you to kind of start over, and you can create your own district right there that's sort of out of everybody's way. I think if they don't pass the stadium vote and they don't get the downtown stadium they want, I don't think they're moving to Nashville or any of these other kind of places. I think they are going to figure out another place that's in the Kansas City Metro. And I I think the independent center idea is actually viable if there's a no vote. I don't want to get hung up in the minutiae, yeah, but isn't that, isn't that still Jackson County? Like, you think the Royals would stay in the county without the extension of the sales tax? Like, I just don't know. I'm not sure all where the lines are. I, that's I mean, why I just don't know. Maybe I am wrong about the independent center and that not being, I, I'm not 100% certain. So I could, be, I could be telling you something that's wrong right now. I, don't I know. know there was that story that floated out. They had talked to independents. If they're outside Jackson County, I think that's a potential. But I would say also, was it? Clay County becomes a big storyline if the city votes no. Like that would be that would be what I think you hear on Wednesday is Clay County has erupted back to the leader is my guess. Let me go back to the phone lines at 913-586-7610. Rusty called into the show. Hey Rusty, how you doing, man? Hey C Dot. Hey, thanks for taking the call. One thing I was gonna point out, I was talking telling Rob this, is that you know, with Arrowhead and the first caller that called in, he talking about crime and that sort of thing. Um, I'm a, I'm actually a proponent of them putting it uh, downtown, but the other side of that, another thought is, is that when you go to Arrowhead, when you go to Royal Stadium, you have to go drive through gates. It's it's you know it's not just a, a walking. Uh, you, you just don't walk to get there, so it's a little more isolated. It's surrounded. Security's there, but I think what they're talking about for the new Royal Stadium is they're not going to put any new parking, so people are just going to have to find parking and walk on city streets to get to the ballpark. 
And I think that that does raise the the chances that there could be more crime down there, because how are they going to control that? How are they going to put more police officers out there to control that? So that's just my thought. I'll listen off the air. No, no problem, Dusty. Or Rusty, excuse Thank me. You. I apologize. And I appreciate you calling in. That is a very, very fair question. Very fair question. Like, what is your plan of keeping people safe that are coming from wherever they are coming from to go to Royals games? That is a very, very fair question. I don't think that the number of people that are going to come down for your average game is really that different than that go to Sprint Center. I mean, Rob, look up really quick. What was the average attendance last year at a Royals game? 17,000 people? 18,000 people? I'll look at the number. I will say you're having a little fun with numbers here, though, because you picked one of the worst for all season in baseball history. Like that... I'm looking up the number, but I'm betting I mean, it's Rob, low. You, you, you and I don't lived here a lot. They ain't had too many 30,000 people. <laughs> They've had two great attendance years since you and I have been here. I'm gonna say, I, could, I could play fun with the numbers, too, and be like, let's look at 2014. <laughs> I bet they had way, way more than that. Last year, they had 16-1 on average. Okay. So I, so let's say on a, on a mostly good year, they have 20,000 people that go down there. That's a little bit more than a sold-out concert for every single Sprint Center event. That's a little bit more than that. Sprint Center is probably, what, 16,000, 17,000 people can go to Sprint Center? A little bit more than you can put people on the floor. I get all. You can kind of have some fun with the configuration of the stadium. At least the, the average Royals game is not that much different than a sold-out concert at Sprint Center. It's not that much different in terms of attendance. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Neil called into the show. Hey, Neil, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Hey, thanks, Carrington. Hey, I, I just want to thank you guys uh, yesterday for your guys' uh, coverage, and I thought the local media did a really good job with it. And uh, I just appreciate um, you guys um, doing what you did yesterday. Thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate it. was really that. informative. Yeah. I just think, you know, it, it downtown's magnified. I mean, I think that if, you know, I mean, obviously the children were shot yesterday. That was that's going to bring a, a, in, in increased scrutiny on it. But, I mean, crime's everywhere. And, and you know, I mean, a Chiefs fan was, was beaten to death in their, in their parking lot. There was a mass shooting out in out in the Jewish community center in Leewood, Kansas, there was, you know, a shooting, a mass shooting at Ward Parkway mall. And, you know, so it's, I mean, those types, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Um, but I love the downtown stadium idea I don't think anybody's going to, you know, I mean, we, people still want to go down there for first Fridays and Boulevardia and the city market and people still go down there, see Elton John, you know, perform for the, the 50th time. So, I think uh, I think honestly that the downtown stadium will just like I think it'll bring about even even it'll tie in crossroads to downtown make our downtown even better. That's just my my thoughts. But uh, I just want to thank you guys again for uh, everything yesterday too. Absolutely, Neil. I appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot for calling into the show today. I thought what he said there at the end before he said that Elton John for ten times. Elton John, yo, is he still doing his farewell tour? Elton John did his last concert in Kansas City at least seven times. Elton John's aren't going to stop touring. Those, I'm serious. I'm those, not even trying to be funny. He the, did his last. Mm-hmm. Elton John did his final tour, his last concert, at least three times at T-Mobile Center. At it, least three times. You know how I know he's still touring? There's no way Elton John was making Kansas City his final destination. Just It, it seemed unlikely. <laughs> oh, God. You said, you said that, not me. I've already got myself you're, in enough trouble. You're tell- you said that. I didn't say that. I mean, come on now. You're telling me British pop sensation Elton John was finishing at T-Mobile Center in January? You're that makes no me, sense. I'm just saying, you're saying that he would do his last concert at like Staples Center or Madison Square Garden or Barclays. You're telling me he wouldn't do Sprint Center in downtown Kansas City as his final? Come on now. 
That's that is the assumption I am making. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines. Joe, you called into the drive. Hey, Joe, how you doing, man? Hey, Cedar. Thanks for the time, man. Hey, uh, I actually work in Jackson County uh, as a home health nurse. I see a lot of people, and uh, and I'm also a father. We live in the Northland, but you know uh, we frequent downtown. And uh, I'm actually super excited about the downtown stadium that the Royals are planning. I have really no qualms about that at all. We did not go to the parade uh, for various reasons, but um, obviously what happened was tragic, was horrible. But I just don't understand how people are so naive to the fact that these things keep happening. Um, When I'm out and about with my wife and kids, I'm extremely alert. Not that that's going to prevent everything from happening, but I, I just don't trust people in general. Uh, there's a lot of bad things that can happen in any moment. And so, I don't know. To me, that's just what puzzles me. Thanks for the time, man. No problem, Joe. I appreciate the phone call. And I guess with me, my my stance on this, we can keep taking phone calls, 913-586-7610. I do want to play for you guys again what Nick had to say earlier today on his show because I just I think it's important and I want to support Nick's show in any way that I can. The thing that heartbreaks me the the most about yesterday is how overwhelmingly positive it was for just about everybody until it wasn't. Yesterday was a really, really good day. Rob, I was really excited about the parade. You were really excited about the parade. You know how excited I get and many of you get for warm weather. It was 61 degrees outside yesterday in the middle of February. And the uncertainty of, you guys listen to the show. Now, I held out my hopefulness and optimism for the Chiefs, but deep down I thought Buffalo was going to beat them in the playoffs. I I, I thought Buffalo was going to beat them. I thought they were going to go on the road, and it was a good run. It was a good stretch. Josh Allen finally gets the best of Patrick Mahomes, and that ends the Chiefs season. And we look back thinking, hey, you know what? This team won the division again. They won a playoff game. Let's go get a couple of wide receivers, and let's run it back. That's what I was thinking in my head. So the fact that through all of that, we got a Super Bowl parade out of it was incredible. I was thrilled. Couldn't wait for the parade. Rob, you know, I was planning my parade plans the moment the AFC championship game ended. Oh, they're not losing to San Francisco in the Super Bowl. I mean, my friends were talking about parade day for two weeks. Was really excited. I'm not going to say I was drunk yesterday when I came on the air. I didn't have been drinking earlier in the day, though. I was, I was in a good mood. We were having mimosas and drinking champagne and just having a great time, Rob. Having a great time. I was feeling good yesterday. And right, this is, I'm not exaggerating. Right when we are going on the air, Rob says, turn on channel nine. I'm thinking for what? Everything is over. I turn on the television and it is shooting at Union Station. And then just the realization of all of the excitement that I had, Rob, that you had, all the fun plans. And we were going to take calls from people live that were having great days down at Union Station. And Oh, man, this day was amazing. How great is Patrick Mahomes? And us laughing at how drunk Travis Kelsey was, who was leaning out there on that stage. We couldn't do any of that yesterday. And then it turns from all the excitement and enthusiasm that we had to, oh, wait, a person just got killed. Oh, wait, two people just got killed. Wait, there were 15, 20 people that got shot yesterday. Oh, wait, they hit kids. 
There's kids right now with children's mercy. Children still in children's mercy from what happened yesterday with gunshot wounds. All of that, it is, it is the biggest turn of events that have ever happened in my life. From how I felt at noon to how I felt at 2 o'clock when we had to come on the air. And I think at least for me, I just refuse. I refuse. I don't know how many people were involved in this. Two, three, five, six. I don't know. I refuse to let those people 100% ruin what happened yesterday. They have caused enough damage. Enough damage to the people that were victimized by this. People who were around it. Like, they have caused enough damage in all of our lives. I refuse to let that continue to happen. So if that is in a future parade, if that is where the stadium is going to be moving forward, any of that, those people have ruined enough for us. I hope those people get put under the jail. I hope they get prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I ain't really a death penalty individual, but I'm not opposed to the idea for these people. I, I, I think what they did is one of the most heinous and evil things that you could possibly do. And around a group of people and children's and families with no regard of the life and safety for any other human being, you pull out a gun and just start shooting? Is, it, it is one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever, I, I, I've, I can just know and remember. It breaks my heart. I just refuse to let those individuals have any more power over me than they already have. And to take away the joy that yesterday was supposed to bring for all of us. Yesterday is a special day that we as a city earned and they as a team earned. And I will stand by that for as long as I live. That I just will not let those people ruin it. I won't. I will not let them ruin the next parade. I will not let them ruin the downtown stadium. I will not let them ruin any other fun that we have planned in Kansas City. They don't get to win in that way. Keep it right here, Sir Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Rob. I just saw this headline. Let's talk about it. I'm, I'm number one. I'm mad at you. You didn't bring this to me. If you're on hold, we'll take your call. I promise. So TMZ, they have a headline that said Patrick Mahomes attended party with Travis Kelsey at restaurant after shooting. So then I clicked on it and I'm like, wait, let me read this. So. It says, Travis Kelsey was only playing follow the leader when he walked into a restaurant to keep celebrating after the Kansas City shooting. Because now we've learned that Patrick Mahomes planned the whole thing and was there as well. Multiple sources with direct knowledge tell us that the get-together happened at Grand Falloon on Wednesday, spearheaded by the Chiefs quarterback. Then goes on to say that Pat rented the place out. Cops were there. Uh, they got pictures of Travis like walking out. They spoke to the owner, said only a few players rolled in, private event, uh, unclear what they were doing. I don't count that as a party. You count that as a party? I mean, they got to eat, right? I mean, we're not mad at them for eating afterwards, right? We're not mad at them for going to dinner afterwards. 
I don't think that you could be in the club yesterday. Like, I know they had plans to go to the club yesterday and they canceled the plans. Like, I directly know. I was planning on going to it. I know they had those kind of plans. But then when it's happened, like, there's no chance they're going. I don't even want to go at this point. I'm good. I'm all right. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with staying in tonight. There'll be, trust me, there'll be other times. And I imagine that the Chiefs will have a more, a, a larger celebration than this. And another celebration than just after the game. You remember that video? They were at, uh, they were in Las Vegas. I assume they will have another party. This is a non-story to me. We all understand what happened, but I mean, they're allowed to go eat together after the game and Grand Falloon in a private event. That ain't really the turn up, you know? It's, hey, you and your teammates are here. Hey, it's after the parade. Hey, let's sit down. Let's have something to eat. Let's talk. And I, I imagine everybody went home after that. I don't have any problem with this. If anything, I'm not surprised that they did something as a team considering what they had just been through as a group. Like, I, this is not the top priority or anything of that nature. But I imagine the team didn't get off the buses, walk down the parade route, get to Union Station, think to themselves, we're going to be huddled in closets. We're going to be beneath Union Station. We're going to be hiding at some point today because shots are going to be fired. That is not how I imagine they saw their day going. So I'm not surprised that a quiet private event happened for the players, if nothing else, just to be together after what had happened. I, I don't think that's a party, and I think TMZ or TMZ Sports, I, I apologize for not remembering which one it was, is mischaracterizing that moment. Now, if they were at, like... We both had heard they were going to like turn up last no, night, yeah, and no, they, they, they didn't. I'm not saying they did. Yeah. But if we heard a news story that it was like players were at Mosaic, I would be like, we would have a very different conversation. Yeah, I mean, someone on the text line says, CDOT, this is a party. They were hammered. Quit defending this behavior. If it was Joe Burrow, you would say it was a party. I would not say that I, I've been to Grand Falloon before. Rob, you've been to Grand Falloon before, right? This is a popular restaurant in Kansas City. I would not consider I would not consider the Chiefs renting it out for a private dinner. I would not consider that to be a party. You got to eat. Now, yeah, are guys eating? Are guys drinking? Are guys getting rides home? Sure, I, I don't deny that happened. The rides home could have been from earlier in the day too. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm going. This is this is just my pure speculation. As we all have set up activities with our friends, I'm guessing that after the parade. Guys are maybe a little bit shook, needed to sleep something off. I'm guessing that in that scenario that, hey, we still want to be together. We still want to do something. We can't do our normal plan. Let me put in a phone call because I'm Patrick Mahomes. And, hey, this is a bar that we like. Hey, they're going to give us this private space. We can all meet back up later today. We can eat. We can be together. Then we can all go home. And we will figure out later how we can have our celebration. This is not a party to me. This is not out of bounds. You're allowed to go eat afterwards. Like the responsibility for you is not, hey, you got to be in the house. You can't see anybody, and 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 we'll tell you when you can come out. No, this is a private team event. We're gonna eat together. Hey, whoever wants to come, you can come. If you don't want to come, that's cool. But hey, let's let's kind of group together after this, and you can decide if you want to come. That 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 is not a party. Let's go to the phone lines. 913-586-7610. Somebody said, I'm surprised Travis was able to make it there. I'm not surprised. I mean, this this is probably what you needed after the day that Travis had. You get you a little nap, get you a little sleep, rest up. Four or five hours later, you're good. Hey, man, I'm hungry. Patrick, what are we doing? I'm hungry. Hey, man, you know what? Let me make a phone call, man. I'll set it up for us. 
because uh, Travis definitely needed Travis needed a great steak after his after his day. That's what he needed. He needed he needed a buffalo chicken wrap after how I saw him on the stage. Uh, Joe, how you doing, man? Hey, Carrington, Rob, what's going on, fellas? How you doing, man? Hey, uh, good, man. I wanted to kind of preface this call just really quick uh, uh, by saying that first of all, I've, I've never missed a single minute of a Chiefs game since '89. I was ten years old. Um, this has been a huge bonding thing for my father and I, my boys. I took my family down there. Uh, I was actually right at the front there of Union Station, probably about 100 feet away where all this took place. I was on the east side of the stage, and it was pretty devastating. Uh, my family was held back a little bit. I was up there getting confetti and just celebrating and having a good time, and, and all this happened. And uh, I, uh, I actually worked with somebody whose sister was one of the, the ladies uh, shot in the leg, actually, after all this. So this is tragic. The thing is horrible, all of that. But with that said, the main reason I'm calling is – Back in another life, I used to study criminal justice, and part of that was learning a thing called broken window theory, which is, you know, if you're in a really bad neighborhood, a lot of bad things are more likely to happen. I believe personally, if you bring a downtown ballpark to Kansas City, um, the thing is it, it not only cleans up the neighborhood, makes it really nice, makes it a lot more enjoyable. You bring a much better crowd down there for these events, the games, um, but you also bring a much higher level of police presence, security, all those things around those areas. So to me, in my opinion, I think it's actually a really good thing to bring a downtown ballpark for the simple fact that not only are you helping to clean up downtown, make it a much brighter place, a much better place for people to be at, but you're also actually increasing security and police presence and things like that uh, so people can go down there and feel a lot safer than what they might normally feel if they're in that part of town, 18th and Vine or whatever. Joe, I 100% agree with you, man. I appreciate the phone call, man. Yeah, uh, peace, yeah absolutely, man. Peace and blessings to uh, you and your family, man. Just sad. I... I I didn't know anybody that was personally affected by what happened yesterday. I, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, we all, you know, sent the text out. Hey, you know, I know you were down at Union Station. You good. You good. And, you know, everybody has different stories. I, I, I don't personally know anybody that was down there. And just sad, man. Just reading more and learning more about the uh, woman that passed away and knowing people that actually know her and hearing their stories, man, just a really, really sad. Uh, no other way to put it, man. Really, really sad of what happened yesterday downtown uh we were just talking about this and we're going to take some more phone calls here in just a bit uh there is a story from tmz that said patrick mahomes attended a private party with travis kelsey at a restaurant other teammates also attended post shooting so according to tmz multiple sources with direct knowledge tell us that the chiefs after the parade yesterday they had a get together at grand falloon in or on the plaza it sounds like patrick set this up and I don't think that this is a party. Like, I'm reading more and more of it. It says, we're told that Patrick was the one who rented out the place. Cops were on hand for crowd control. Uh, this was uh, sometime at night. Didn't really give you much of an idea. And then you know how it is. Like, oh, should they be going out there? I, you're allowed to go eat afterwards. If we heard some, hey, they had some, they were at a club, I, I would be standing right there with you. Hey, come on now. Just with everything going on, I, I, I'm i not sure if you being an aura right now is the right decision. I, I would maybe tell you, you know what, let's, let's, why don't we come back later, you know? Why don't we come back on the weekend? Why don't we just sit today out? I, I'd be standing right there with you. You're allowed to, especially after a day of drinking. At, not a day. They had a morning and day of drinking. You're allowed afterwards to go get something to eat. Uh, let's take one more phone call before we got to take a break. Mike, you called into the show. Hey, Mike. Hi, how you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for taking thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to point out that when the Royals 
are on Truman Sports Complex out there. They take 35, 33 to 35 police officers, and they control the stadium and the whole Truman Sports Complex. And under those circumstances, it's much easier to police and protect the people that come to the game. When they go downtown, they're going to take care of you in the stadium, but you're emptied out onto the downtown streets, and they don't have the control that they do at the stadium out there. I I think that there's a, a consideration there that they ought to address. Um, I worked out there for a while, and uh, I had people come up to me while I was working for the Royals, and they'd say, you guys are brilliant. The intersection of I-435 and I-70, you get people in and out of here, it's crazy. I've been over to St. Louis. I love their downtown stadium, but it's a screwed up mess trying to get in and get out of that when you're talking about driving a car and stuff. And there is no uh, tailgating or anything like that for that stadium down there. Um, it's a trade-off. And if you move the stadium to Independence, then you don't have your downtown uh, uh, fix that everybody thinks they need, happen to have to need. I, I don't I don't get it. I think they should build uh, the equivalent of uh, the Power and Light District right there on the damn uh, sports complex and uh, make that a destination so that even if there's nobody playing football or baseball out there, it's still a neat place to go for restaurants and bars. Well, Mike, uh, I, I appreciate the phone call. I want to take this other call here. I just I, – I don't even disagree with your idea. I just uh... – I think we're way past that point. The Chiefs and the Royals have made it very clear. They don't want those things, so I, I got to listen to what they want. Nick, you have a problem with uh, with Kelsey and Mahomes going to Grand Falloon? Brother, I, I don't have a – that's what I was just telling them. I don't I'm, – I'm, I'm torn. It's not really a matter of problem. I'm curious, and especially in you guys' opinion, because I feel the same. I feel the same. It's a meal. They weren't out clubbing. They weren't out partying. But this is a situation that I feel like – especially now that TMZ's got a hold of it. I was on flipping through online, and now we got the copycats because, you know, once those cats do what they do, then everybody else is jumping on. Is this something that would it, would it behoove us, would it behoove Mahomes especially, maybe Mahomes, Kelsey, maybe even KCPD? I feel, I feel like even to maybe put, put, a, put a statement out there, letting people know, hey – you know what I mean? I mean, I don't, I don't want to keep hearing it because I, I believe in what you guys said as well. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a meal, and hell, we know these guys. God knows they needed some absorption in their, in their bellies um, to, to, to dry up some of that, some of that good diamond. But is this, it, would it be crazy to jump ahead of it before it possibly keeps, keeps downward spiraling with, with the media and saying, oh, you know, these guys don't give a, you know what, and, and they're, they're out and. I think the, the fact that there was the pictures taken with the cops, and obviously these, these guys are still a little, you know, still a tie, have, have one tied on, and then we got cops taking selfies, and I just feel like that is that something that, that would be good to maybe put something out there before this keeps going in a direction that, you know, reflects negatively when it really, it really shouldn't, you know? Yeah, Nick, you're right, and I appreciate the phone call. I guess I, I just... I've been in Grand Falloon a lot. I like Grand Falloon. I think it's great. I just, number one, Grand Falloon is, I just, it's not a club. It's a private situation. I just feel like they're allowed to eat afterwards. And I don't know if Patrick Mahomes has to make a statement afterwards of why he and his teammates went to go to dinner afterwards. I mean, I, I, 
I imagine this, I mean, it, A, it's Valentine's Day. Maybe you bring your girls out there. It's a family thing. Like, you're, you're allowed to eat afterwards, in my opinion. I would feel very different if this was the club. If we heard a story of how they were out somewhere or somebody had a big home gather, I, I'd feel very differently about it. I think they're allowed to come together to eat and celebrate and communicate with each other. Coming up at the top of the hour, I want to play what Nick had to say earlier today on his show in full. We'll play that on the other side. We'll continue to react to what happened yesterday at Union Station. Keep it right here, Sir Drive. All right, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So this is how I want to start. I want to kind of do the open again and just kind of let you guys know my stance on a topic that I've seen come up. A couple of times, I want to play what Nick had to say, and I don't know after that. We'll figure it out. So I have seen this conversation, and a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, said that they believe that the next championship parade should be held at Arrowhead because of the events that happened yesterday, that it should be a ticketed event. You should have to go through the metal detector. And we should try to cut as much of what happened yesterday out of it, basically. I am strongly opposed to moving the parade. Because I think the parade is one of the best version of ourselves. We can be honest and speak about the division that is created, not just in our city, but in America. Left, right, red, blue. We are very divided on a lot of things. There are very few things that bring all of us together. There are very few things that bring all of us. And it doesn't matter if you live on 27th. It doesn't matter if you live on 135th and Metcalf. It doesn't matter if you live in Grain Valley. It doesn't matter. You are excited about your team You are excited about celebrating their accomplishment and you come to one part of the town to celebrate that team's accomplishment. I don't think that the parade is only about them. That's certainly part of it. Hey, you guys did something really, really cool. That is really, really hard to do. Rob, think about all the teams that have ever played in the NFL. There have only been 58 of them that have had a day like yesterday. Think about that, Rob. Think about some of your favorite teams that me and you talk about and go back and forth. Teams that maybe were better than this Chiefs team. But you didn't win the ultimate prize at the end. There is only one team at the end of the season that gets that. And yesterday was about celebrating. Not that this this is the first one that they've had, the Oh my, they did this two years in a row and this is, they are a dynasty. You can put the crown on the Chiefs head. They are one of the great teams in the history of the NFL. So that is certainly one part of yesterday is the celebration of them. Celebrating Patrick Mahomes, celebrating Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones and Brett Veach and everybody, anybody who had anything to do with them winning the Super Bowl yesterday, 50% of it is about you. The other 50% of it is about me and you and our community and where we live. And the fact that this isn't a ticketed event. 
It doesn't matter if you are a doctor that lives in Leewood or you work at Amazon and live in the hood. It does not matter. You have the ability to come downtown to celebrate this accomplishment, and we are all together here celebrating this. I don't want to lose that. And we all know what would happen if this turns into a ticketed event. It becomes an event for a select few people that live in this area. It then turns into events for people like me. And I don't say that like I'm some high. I, I work in the media. It would not be hard to get to this thing. But it's not about that. I don't want it to just be about that. I don't want this to be about who you know when you got to no. know. Hey, wake up early enough and go downtown and see your team and celebrate it. And the civic pride that comes with it and the community aspect that comes with it. It's about all of those things. The best day that I've ever had in Kansas City was the Royals Parade. And when you look out and you see how happy people are. And yesterday, as my friends were coming over to my apartment, I got to go down and get them. And I'm seeing kids throwing footballs. And people are listening to Taylor Swift. And everybody has their Chiefs on. And everybody is happy and having a good time. That's what the championship parade is about. And that's what it was about for the overwhelming vast majority of people that decided to attend yesterday's parade in downtown Kansas city. And I just refuse to let the actions of these people ruin that and turn it into something that it's not. And as much as I feel that yesterday was America in a microcosm in a negative sense, gun violence is a part of our community. I wish it wasn't, but the incident that happened yesterday at union station will happen again. It will happen again somewhere. I don't know when. I don't know where. And the feeling that there is not a place that we can go in which you feel safe. Because incidents like what happened yesterday at Union Station have happened at almost every intersection of American society. Whether you like to go to a nightclub, someone has walked in a nightclub, started shooting. Whether you have been to a high school before, someone with a gun has walked in there and started shooting or an elementary school, or a church, or a grocery store. Yesterday, what happened is, as American is watching the Super Bowl, a shooting broke out. That's one part of it, though. The other part of it, I think, is equally as American. There was a group of individuals who tackled the shooter. Who tackled the shooter. If that's not American, I don't know what is. In the face of one of the worst moments of your life, people just acted in real time and want to help and were there for their fellow brother and part of our community. Like, listen to this story from Trey Smith. We're talking about an NFL player, a millionaire, millions of dollars. In that moment, you are one of us. You are an American who was affected by gun violence, and we all know somebody like that. Listen to Trey Smith's story. Security guard just ushering us through the doors quickly, just saying, you know, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. It's okay, this is not a joke, it's a life or death situation. Smith forced to run for his life, finding shelter in a closet, guiding as many people as he could to safety. Right before I, I run in there, there's like a little kid in front of me, so I just grab him, just yank him, and just tell him, you're hopping in here with me, buddy. So 
don't know how many people there were in the closet, maybe 20 plus. Um, one of my teammates, my long snapper, uh, James Winchester, was very instrumental in helping keep people calm. We end up getting the green light to be able to get out of there. Uh, we end up walking um, to the buses. The Chiefs team buses is soon filled with frightened bystanders trying to escape the madness outside. This little boy uh, was with his father. Oh, he's just a little hysterical. He just panicked. You know, he's scared. He doesn't know what's going on. And, you know, I had the WWE belt um, on me the entire parade. And, you know, I was thinking, yeah, man, what can I do to help him out? I just handed him the belt. Hey, buddy, you're the champion. No one's going to hurt you. Nowhere. No one's going to hurt you, man. Um, we got your back. We just started talking about wrestling. You know, who's your favorite wrestler? What was your favorite wrestling match? And just little things like that, just to take his mind off. Like he was looking out the window and he was seeing people, you know, just reacting the way they were trying to get out of that situation. So I'm like, here you go, buddy. This is yours. You know, man, like, so again, no one's going to hurt you when you're here with us. Thank you for protecting, buddy. You're going to be a-okay. You're going to be all right. Smith is still in shock that a day of joy could turn so violent. I'm pretty angry because um, of senseless violence. You know, someone lost their life today. Um, you have children that are injured. You have children that are traumatized. I'm hurting for, one, the families and the people who got impacted, the city of Kansas City. I was Trey Smith who spoke to Good Morning America earlier today. I, for the life of me, I, I don't understand it. Like, they always say, like, hey, you know, like, if your kid asks you a question, what do you say? I, I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer. I don't know why on a day that was so positive, that was so peaceful, on a day that brought so many people joy, I do not know why the day ended the way that it did. I don't know why a day that is supposed to celebrate togetherness and community and love and civic pride and so many good things, I don't know why the day turned the way that it did. I don't know that. But I do feel very strongly in not letting this define us who we are as a people. And we will continue to have outdoor events. I don't think there is any way to stop what happened yesterday. At least not in this sense. Like we can have another form of the conversation, but that's not what this is. I don't think there's any way to stop it. I think yesterday is as secure and as safe of an environment that you could possibly have. Think about who was all down there. The greatest living football player is down there. The best tight end ever is down there. The mayor of Kansas City, the governor of two states are down there. Like it's a lot of really important people that are down there. And 800 cops and first responders are there. And this still happens. So I wish I could come on here and tell you, man, we're going to do everything and this is never going to happen again. We all live in America. I cannot tell you that. I know that this will happen again. I don't know when. I don't know where. But we live in America, and I know it will happen again. And that is incredibly sad. It is incredibly disappointing. It is disheartening. But I do know that at this point, the only thing that we can do is regular everyday citizens is continue to move forward and not let this define us. So if there was a championship parade tomorrow, I would go to the parade. I would not have any hesitation about going to the parade. I understand if you would have a hesitation about it or would decline going to it. And that is certainly within your right. I am not telling you, "Ah, get over it. No, that is your choice. 
if you want to go or don't go. I don't think that the opportunity should be taken away from us that do want to go to those events and want to celebrate all of those things that I think are so good about what happened yesterday. I do want to play for you guys what Nick Wright had to say. Nick Wright of First Things First. So his show, they did it live from Union Station yesterday. They were down there when this incident happened. Here was Nick's open to the show earlier today. I'm going to tell you guys about the times my family first saw me cry because there's a chance you guys are going to see me cry for the first time. For Diora, my older daughter, it was December of 2012 in the lobby of her school when she was seven years old when I went to pick her up the day of Sandy Hook. And that day, of course, someone with a lightweight semi-automatic rifle shot around two dozen kids her age, and I saw her in that lobby, and I immediately started sobbing. It's the first time she ever saw me cry. My youngest daughter, Deanna, who's been on this show, who you, everyone here knows really well, first time she ever saw me cry was March of 2022 in our kitchen when I opened up Twitter and saw what had happened at Robb Elementary. And someone with a lightweight semi-automatic rifle shot around two dozen people that were her age. And I, and I sobbed. And she was concerned. She didn't know. I didn't, I, I just, like, it was so, and I'm not a big crier. Nothing against it, but I, I sobbed. And yesterday, shortly after, a few kids themselves with lightweight semi-automatic rifles shot around two dozen people. Uh, my wife saw me cry in a way I haven't. And it wasn't when, uh, at the parade. It wasn't on the walk over. It was at the hotel. Once we had gotten to the safety of our room, we're at the elevator. And there was this little old lady who was on the phone fighting back tears, mm. wearing a chief shirt. And she saw me and knew us, knew the show, and came over and gave me a hug and started crying. Mm. And I still didn't cry yet. And then we talked. And she said she was there with her kids and grandkids. And her, I believe she said, 14-year-old granddaughter had to take the lead because she's been trained for this. And the adults wow. hadn't. And I cried. And I cried because it's so god dog cruel what we've taken from this generation of kids that we all got. There, listen, yesterday, Wilds is right, we're lucky, but yesterday was also the single worst 10 seconds of my life. And it was not, it was not the, when we heard the gunshot and were told to get down, and it was not, it, the, ten, the, the part that is seared into my memory from a selfish perspective is the time between them telling us active shooter and me finding in the crowd ostensibly where the shooter was, my wife, my sister-in-law, and her best friend. Because I, you know, th those, that 10 seconds felt like it was five minutes. Mm. Uh, but that, that is, that is a, such a different feeling than for these young kids who have now had to learn, drill, and experience what to do in a mass shooting situation before they lose their first tooth, yeah. before they have their first kiss, 
for those kids there yesterday, part of their childhood ended. And to your point, those are the kids that we consider lucky, mm-hmm. the kids who didn't end up in hospital beds. And so I, I, I'm incredibly sad about this, and this is where I will pivot a bit, but I am furious. I'm furious because this is so clearly all our fault, and we have so clearly lost the plot so quickly. I understand now that at this point, talking about any type of regulations whatsoever on guns in America is verboten for some, but we, some of the strictest statewide gun regulations ever passed in this country were passed by Ronald Reagan. Right. And the, the assault weapons ban in the 90s was supported by Ronald Reagan, who is a paragon, uh, you know what I mean, for many on the conservative side of the aisle. I, we say when it comes to this particular topic, we turn ourselves into morons. We say ludicrous things like, why have laws? People break them. Like, we make these arguments of, well, if you pass a law, only criminals will break the law. As if, okay, well, then make selling meth legal because only meth dealers will break it. We, 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 we trick ourselves into good guy with a gun. There were 800 good guys there yesterday. How many of them did we shake hands with before that we saw? There were uniformed police. There were, there, there, you couldn't have had more good guys prepared, ready. And in an instant, there's nothing they can do right. until after the fact and mitigate the damage. And that's my home city. And the only thing that brings Kansas City together is the Chiefs. We are a divided city. We are a segregated city. We have, the Chiefs is the only thing that brings it together. And the moment is, is shattered. I was Nick earlier today on FS1. I guess my reaction to that is, is twofold. Number one, I'm not here to lecture you about guns. I have my feelings about it. You have your feelings about it. My feelings and your feelings could be drastically different. Could be drastically different. Guns are not a part of my life. I don't want them to be a part of my life. I do not own one. I've never looked into buying one. I don't know much about them. I don't want to know much about them. Not at all. I respect your right to have one. I respect your opinions on I, you are allowed to feel how you feel about them. I don't think that is my place to tell you. Where I do firmly agree with Nick is it is just disappointing that incidents like yesterday are so ingrained in the culture. And it is disheartening to me as someone who has done this job for a long time. I like to think that I I know you guys. I know how you guys think for the most part on things. Like it's impossible to do this for as long as I've done it. And I know what jokes will get you guys riled up. I know what won't. I know what topics will work. Like I think I have a really good understanding of these kind of things. Like I, I, I really do. I think I know, I know that we are going to move on from this. And I, and I know that in two, three days, if we try to have a conversation about this, something that has impacted our city, one of the biggest news events that has happened in our city in my lifetime, 
that the message is going to be, and move on. We don't want to hear about that anymore. You guys are beating a dead horse. A woman died yesterday. A married woman with two kids who graduated from Bishop Me Age who had nothing to do with the disagreement, the altercation. She died yesterday. And in two, three days, it's going to be shut up. Stop talking about this. Move on. We want to hear. Like, I, I know that. And that part is just disheartening that we treat gun violence in this city, in this country, that we treat it that way. That's just really, really disheartening about something that's so serious. And I'm not here pretending like I have the solutions to it. I, I, I don't have the solutions. But it is disappointing to me that we all know this is going to happen again. And we all know that there is really no way to keep any of us safe from this happening again. So I understand people have solutions and we should do this and we should do that. I'm here telling you that we are going to do none of it. None of your suggestions people are going to do. You might even have the solution. No one will listen to your solution. And that's disappointing. That's heartbreaking for a country that considers itself to be as great as the one that we have. If there's one thing that we love as Americans, it is telling the rest of the world how great we are. We love it. How great are we that we can't protect kids at a parade? Kids are outside playing football, listening to music. Kids are in Children's Mercy Hospital right now with gunshot wounds at the end of a celebration. And now we know, I mean, it'll probably happen again. I mean, the last parade, the the Denver Nuggets, they had a shooting at their parade. Ten people got shot. That's the part that's just sad to me. Again, I'm not here to lecture you guys on guns. You're allowed to feel however you want to feel on guns. We can disagree. That's also American. We can disagree on things. I'm not here to tell you how to feel. I'm really not. It is just disappointing that these days they will never end. And just maybe I have accepted that, that that is just part of our life. And I, I, I will also move on. In two, three days, we'll go back to giving away pizzas and playing random games and talking about movies and, and doing all of this. And unfortunately, we will learn nothing from the incidents that happened today, just as a society and as a people. And that's heartbreaking. Keep it right here, Sir Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. The only place in town to hear the hypothetical button game is on The Drive with Carrington Harrison. a couple of pieces of audio from you for you guys um this was a story from a man this audio is courtesy of a news station that's in omaha nebraska his name is paul Contreras. i believe that's how you pronounce his last name i apologize for pronouncing it incorrectly but he is another one of the people who tackled the shooter yesterday you know it's a group of people over there they tackled that man it was a great tackle too I want to play for you guys Paul's story. Here's what Paul had to say. One guy was hollering, saying, you know, stop him, or catch him, you know, tackle him, whatever. And he's just just bailing, running. And out of nowhere, I heard that guy hollering, so I'm just like, okay, well, I'm right here. And I just, I didn't think about it. It was just a reaction. I didn't hesitate. It was just, just do it. So I went to go tackle him, and another gentleman did the same thing. And as I'm tackling him, I see 
his weapon either fall out of his hand or out of his sleeve because he was wearing a long jacket or like a Carhartt. So when I seen that hit the ground, I'm like, oh, you know, we got to take this guy down. And so, like I said, I did, and another good Samaritan did, and we held him down. And it seemed like forever, but it probably wasn't. It was like 30 seconds holding him down, and me and the other gentleman are hollering at ongoers, you know, where's the cops? You know, get the cops over here, get the cops over here. You know, we got them. That was Paul Contreras. That was his story from yesterday. He was one of the men who tackled the shooter. I don't know what the Chiefs have planned for these individuals, but it likely will not be enough. Probably will not be enough. I'm talking about these people should bang the drum. These people should get to meet the team. These people should get autographed memorabilia from Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, whomever they want. I know Patrick is a busy man. He got five minutes to say hello to these people, take a picture, and sign something for him. Whatever their plan is, it will likely not be enough for Paul Contreras, for Tony, the gentleman that joined the show yesterday and told his story. Just, I tell you guys sometimes I don't understand things in like a joking sense. Like, I don't understand how you go to a football game, it's cold outside, and you take your shirt off. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. That's like one part of things I don't understand. I, yo, this man was shooting people with a weapon that looked very, very scary. It looked like something off a video game, the weapon that that man was holding. And you just run and you tackle that individual? Yo, you got something inside you I don't have because I wouldn't have done that. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys. I would not have done that. I'd have been running the exact opposite direction. You have something in your brain and your DNA that is not like mine. You are a better human being than me. You need to get a VIP fast pass to heaven. I'll wait in line for a little bit. I mean, it seems like it could be cool up there, but I'm telling you, I, you need to be on the fast pass immediately. Boom, cut the line, skip the line, VIP. You are a hero. You are an angel to respond that way in that moment. You are a hero, and I don't use that word lightly. But if you see that man shooting with that weapon, and you just – intervene the way that you did and you're holding them waiting for the cops no salute to you uh this is is it is it is it gene peters baker is it john okay i'm making sure i'm pronouncing people's names correctly gene peters baker he is a prosecutor he was on the huh oh it's a woman i'm sorry my bad see that's why i asked you i didn't know you said play the audio i don't i didn't know this person uh i want to play uh they were on the dana and park show earlier today uh, here's what she had to say about the likelihood that they are going to charge the shooters, what they're going to be charged with. So I won't speak specific to this case, but I will speak generally. Um, in, when events like this occur, um, there is a certification process that is followed, and a judge will hear evidence and make a determination individually, not as a group, but will make an individual uh, determination on each individual that. Um, the juvenile officer selects uh, to be submitted to, you know, for that certification hearing. I know that she can't maybe say it the way I want to say it, but absolutely. Hell yeah. Maybe even more strongly than that. Blank yes. We're absolutely charging these menaces as adults. I don't don't care how old you are. If you are around that many people and you start firing weapons, 
if they if they throw the book at you, I'm like, man, bro, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. That's cuts notable because Malik Jackson of uh, Fox Four tweeted out earlier, breaking news that they will be certified and stand trial as adults. Good. So they have gone through the certification process per Malik Jackson, and that's what she was explaining there. So yes, they will be tried as adults, is what it seems like. All right. Well, I'm just under throw them under the jail. That's my advice. Throw the entire book at them, the whole book. I start charging them with stuff they didn't even do. Whatever we got to do to make sure that you never get out of prison, that's what we're. That's what. That's what our. That's our plan. I'm throwing any charge at you. I've seen Law and Order. I know. Whatever you could possibly do, I'm I'm throwing the book at you. That would be my suggestion. It's just I, it's just sad, man. It's one of those things. Like I I wish I had a better vocabulary, like other words to use other than man. It's just sad, but it's just sad. I just I. There are a crowd of people that have nothing to do with whatever you and these other group of people are arguing about. Nothing. Y'all couldn't have just had a fist fight? Just right there. Just haul off and just hit the man. I mean, that you know, you had to pick up a gun and just start randomly just shooting into a crowd of people. There's kids around. That's just terrible. I'm telling you. I throw the entire book at these individuals. I don't even know what there's to talk about. This should be the fastest trial we've ever seen. Guilty. Uh, gavel. Put him in jail. Throw away the key. Terrible. All right, let's take a break. Coming back on the other side, you can take some phone calls if you want. 913-586-7610. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got one extra point. So, Rob, I am reading the comments, and they say never read the comments, but I decided to read the comments. So TMZ Sports tweeted out earlier that Patrick Mahomes attended a party with Travis Kelsey at restaurant after the shooting. If you click on the story, the team went to Grand Falloon after the shooting yesterday, after the parade, after the shooting, after everything that happened yesterday. It sounds like it was a a private gathering that Patrick put in a call. They rented out the Grand Falloon. It was just teammates there. They go in, they eat, they fellowship. They left and went home. At least that's what we believe. You're allowed to go eat, man. Like, I will firmly defend your ability to go eat afterwards. If there was a picture of Travis Kelsey in the club afterwards, I'd have been like, hey, Travis, I don't know if this is in your best interest. You maybe should go home. You know they are following your every single move. You can't do anything anymore. You had to move. That's how bad it was. Like you had, you weren't a home. You had to move because of how wild your life is. I don't know if you could be in the club right now, my friend. I think you should probably go home. Now, maybe you wouldn't listen to me, but I would have told him. I think you're allowed to go eat afterwards. I really do. I don't think that this is a big deal. I don't think this is cause for concern. I don't think this is being inconsiderate for the people who were affected by yesterday's incident. I, I think they went to go eat afterwards. I, you were going to eat at some point. I think you're allowed to go eat together. 
especially at Grand Falloon. I mean, it's not like that's the that's not the turn up in a private event. You can go eat anywhere you want. I don't it doesn't matter to me where you eat. I'm just saying if that's not the the party place. Now, if we get more information, if we hear, hey, Travis Kelsey threw a big bash at his house and they were, I'd be like, you know what, maybe, maybe tonight's where you just go home and watch a movie. And maybe you wait till this weekend and just, hey, you know what, it's Friday night. Hey, we, we have plans. I, you know, I, I'd, I'd be on your side. But uh, I, think, uh, I think after everything that happened yesterday, I think you are, I think you are allowed to go eat. At the end of this, I do not consider this to be a party or you are going out to party. I don't uh, I don't think that is a very accurate depiction of at least how I envision a dinner at Grand Falloon. Rob, you and I haven't really got a chance to talk to each other much today, not at least how we normally do. Um, how was your Valentine's Day yesterday? This is your uh, first Valentine's, I believe, is to engage people. I don't believe last year you were engaged during Valentine's Day. So, I mean, the next Valentine's Day you have, you will be you will be married. She will be Mrs. Brenton. How was your Valentine's Day? Because you had a weird Valentine's Day. So, we had always made plans to do our Valentine's Day on, a, on Friday because we felt like Wednesday, We I didn't know what the deal with the parade and how this show was going to operate. She didn't know how her work was going to operate with the parade. So, we just agreed both on Tuesday Let's just do our Valentine's Day on actual Friday. So it was not very Valentine's-y, but we had kind of planned it that way, and I'm happy we planned it that way after the horrific and tragic events of yesterday that it was just kind of sit at the house, you know, throw some food in the oven and just kind of kick back and relax. It was, it was, it was not a cute fun plan but in a way the fact it wasn't that makes me happy because I don't know I would have had the mental bandwidth to go to like a nice restaurant or something you know how you mentioned earlier when Aaron Lau was in the show our joke our shot our job is not physically exhausting no one no one has left this show and be like man I feel like I you know put in like hours at the gym I I understand that but there is a mental toll sometimes doing the show and I just I got home yesterday and I was like you I'm like I'm just exhausted so I'm very happy we didn't have plans and we just kind of Hung out at the house. Yeah, uh, I guess I appreciate the kind words that people have said about yesterday. It makes me feel uncomfortable in a way because I don't really think I did anything. Like, I mean, there are days I leave the show and I look at Rob and I was like, I, yo, today's show was great. I tell Rob that. Like, man, this show was this show was really good. I'm I'm really happy with today's show. I I just think yesterday we we did what we were supposed to do, and I was talking to Danny about it yesterday. We talked about it yesterday and some this morning, and just I remember that Danny and I were on the air during the Boston bombing during the uh, Boston Marathon, and I just remember thinking, hey, this is what we need to be doing right now. We do not need to be doing, you know, sports or like this is the news. This is, you know, how we need to play today. And, you know, a lot of those feelings came back yesterday and um, that was it. So I, that, that part of people, and I, I mean, I appreciate it. I don't make it sound like I'm not appreciative of it. I just, I'd rather you tell me you really liked the show on a day that, you know, we, I had a really good Chris Jones take or a Legereus knee taken 
Oh, don't worry. We will get back to those. I don't know if you saw earlier today. Sneed was on Kay Adams' show, and she said, is there a message you would like to get to Brett Veach? And he said, pay me. And I was like, oh, well, you know what? I think we know the lead at some point is what Legereus Sneed had to say or where Chris Jones said, I'm coming back next year. There certainly are a lot of football things to get to, and we probably will get back to them tomorrow. But uh, that is the part that has made me a little bit uncomfortable over the last 24 hours or so. I... I remember there have only been two times I remember just being really, really tired from doing this job. I remember after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl the first time. And, I, you know, I was really excited, you know. Uh, the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. I knew how big it was for the show and for my career. And we were down in Miami. And, I mean, in Miami, it was nonstop everything. I mean, it was from waking up and every media availability was at eight o'clock Eastern. And that is early by central standard time. It is early. And so from waking up every day at six and driving and trying to enjoy Miami and going out, I mean, it was a long grueling 10 days. And I remember after the parade was over the first parade, the chiefs have, I remember I went to Chipotle and got something to eat, and I went to sleep really early that day. It was like my body just knew it is over. And I slept and woke up, and I felt refreshed. I felt that same way yesterday. I I I can't remember a time outside of that I went to bed as early as I did yesterday. I just, I didn't have anything in me. I didn't have, I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't going to your dinner. I wasn't going to your gathering. I wasn't going to any of that yesterday. I was fine. I went home. We had some leftover tacos from the parade function. Ate that. And I tried to watch a movie. Like, I I put the movie on. I don't think I made it past the credits, man. (laughs) I don't think I I made it past the credits of the movie. Next thing I know, I I was asleep. I woke up, and it was 830. I was like, oh, wow, I slept for a long time. A long time. So I, I certainly know, Rob, what you mean about I mean, this job obviously is not physically demanding. I'm, I'm I'm sitting down all day, but you definitely have those days of just, man, I'm tired. And uh, I imagine many of you also had the same feeling yesterday. It was just, it was a long day from the morning, getting up early, getting in position to celebrate the parade to the emotional swing. I mean, it went from being just an incredible day to, a day that we will always remember for something very, very different. Like nothing that was said up on that stage will be remembered. I mean, we have had some great parade moments from Johnny Gomez to Travis Kelsey. I mean, we've had some great moments up there on that stage. We will remember nothing from that rally. Not even a little bit will we remember anything from that rally. We are going to remember what happened immediately afterwards, and we will see the effects of it if they win the Super Bowl again. Yeah, imagine they will, but we will see the effects of it and the change of it. And I, I mean, I, I'm not naive to think that everybody will still go back out there after what happened, but I certainly hope that the events of yesterday don't scare people from going to their next parade. And there should be another parade. It is more than just them celebrating the Super Bowl. It is, it is the biggest party that you have ever been invited to. And it's free. It's for everybody. Every walk of life, every religion, Everybody, you are allowed to come to the party and be a part of this in an amazing community. I appreciate you guys. 
Thank you so much for listening to the show. I think tomorrow we'll get back relatively to normal as much as possible. And then we'll take a three-day break and we'll be back on Tuesday and we will be back to normal. I appreciate you guys for listening and making me a part of your day. I imagine Rob does too. And uh, we'll catch you guys tomorrow. Take care. So drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.